Episode 373. Yes. Bam! I'm Anthony Gallegos, math wizard. Joining me is Arthur Gies. <laughs> that is not true at all. Can you do the math? I think I was a math wizard in like eighth grade when I still did mathathon, and then everything was downhill shortly thereafter. I just I just use calculator and, and spreadsheets to do math for me because I'm too lazy at this point. At this point, that's what we should all be doing. And yeah. if the world ends, you're probably not going to need that advanced math. Just know how to do some geometry, tell angles, and yeah. you're probably okay. James, just eyeball it. James you're not Faulkner. going to space. Hey, I'll say this. There's little kids in crazy third world countries building crazy shit, and they don't know math. Yep. Yep. So we'll be okay. I don't think that's true. I think they do know math. Some no, some of these kids don't, but they just know how to. They can figure out how an engine works, and they'll just fucking build fake cars for them. And by fake, I mean actual operating vehicles that are not real cars, but they drive them. So, <laughs> I love seeing those videos. Sean Elliott used to post stuff like that all the time, of like where you'd see like the fourteen kids in like Singapore that are riding on like a car that's literally made of bamboo and like bike wheels and stuff, and you're just like, what the fuck? That's that awesome! Amazing ingenuity. Can I call out? I actually really like these. Perrier? Yeah. Yeah, this it, podcast is not sponsored by Perrier. Fucks. Yeah. But Perrier is definitely one of the best fizzy waters. Yeah. It's just, like, the bubbles are less harsh than... People always say that I'm being fancy. Let's be clear. I got these at Circle K. <laughs> <laughs> this is not this is why the Circle K can't be fancy? Don't be discriminatory. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, I, our other, the other ones we get, I have to drink slower. And this, I can actually exit faster. Oh. My mouth is basically a feelingless wasteland at this point, so I could probably put straight oh, ass like in there heart. and be like, Wah. like your heart. <laughs> like I take stuff off the stove all the time that's like frying in oil, and I'll just like be like, oh, let's taste it. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. And then I'll hand it to my wife, and she'll be like, ah! <laughs> I'll be like, oh, my bad. I thought it was fine. Just burnt my mouth. That's because when you're really fat, I as I used to be, you will eat things immediately the second you can. Mm. And I used to just put flaming hot magma Velveeta cheese in my mouth and oh, over God. and over and just burn Okay, it. you you are not fat anymore. You still do that. <laughs> I, I try not to though. I try and be much less about that. But I'm just saying my mouth is my mouth. I think is just because I've watched you do the I'm burning my mouth, but I won't spit it out dance. Well, spitting, Many times. Spitting it out is just rude. Also joining us is Matt Chandernay. Oh, hello. Matt doesn't ever spit out his food. <laughs> Matt always swallows. This is known. <laughs> yeah. Anybody in my circle of friends has experienced this personally. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have much water in my mouth. There's nothing wrong with that. Is like totally fine. Like that is behavior that is absolutely up to you. Yep. And we're not here to kink shame. And other consenting adults. Yeah. Who Consent. have watched me put flaming hot pizza in my mouth? Yeah, I I'm a giant wiener when it comes to hot food. Like, yeah, it's not. It's not. We're not talking spicy. We're just talking temperature. temperature yeah, like, like I take yeah, stuff off. In, like oh, yeah. chemical reaction. I yeah, take right. stuff yeah. off and I start immediately eating it. And my wife's like, "I'll eat it in twenty minutes." <laughs> I, the first time I went to this stone pot place by my house. Oh yeah, there you go. Now we're. Talking I saw about the pictures hot. on your timelines. Yeah, it was, and it's very good. Except for it's the, they put a 
stone pot on a, mm-hmm. oh, on a flame. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat this. Like, no, you don't eat that for like a few minutes. You, you wait. <laughs> yeah. It comes down. It's like boiling magma when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I go to get pho, I burn the fuck out of myself. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I burn myself. So, I burn like the problem the, with pho is that like you have to eat it at a specific moment, or the noodles become too floppy. Yeah, <laughs> I burn myself most often on hot coffee and hot tea. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. For do some it. reason, I just can't wait. That's I don't a big know reason why. why I'm not a big tea drinker. Because mm. I can't drink hot tea. Like I just. Yep. Well, speaking of hot stuff, video games. Oh, they're so hot. They're so hot. They're always coming out. I finally played through that hot, hot new release, Subcircus, Subsurface Circular. How did you like it? On Switch. Yes. Uh, We played (laughs) it on the... I started it on the way back from our honeymoon on the plane. Yeah. And she woke up and was like, what is this? (laughs) Why are robots talking to each other on a train? (laughs) I just (laughs) sneezed on Anthony's head. Are you going (laughs) to kick a bottle into James' windshield? Break his windows. Uh, But uh, it's it's, a... you know, if you're not familiar with that game, that game was last talked about on this podcast by Mitch Dyer, I think. I talked about it. Me too. Was it you? That game's yeah. not that old. Fuck. I thought it was. No. Uh, I, it came out very recently. Okay, so it's just, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a it's story-driven like a adventure game where yeah, your robot's taking old. place on a train and you, yeah. the whole dialogue <clears throat> dialogue and interacting through dialogue choices is the whole way to play that game, basically. Yep. With some puzzles that are surprisingly hard at times. I actually had to write things down. Yep. Yeah, um, but it is really interesting. Like, your robot never gets off this train. Never gets out of his seat. Never gets out of his seat. Is just talking to other robots on this underground train <laughs> that is literally making a loop. Yeah. While robots go to their various duties underground and then like get off and other robots get on. And you're you're basically a cop robot who's trying to figure out this mystery. It was really interesting to me though that she woke up, started watching we played till my switch battery died. And then the next day while I was at work, she was like, hey, I'm going to finish that game. And I was like, what? You're going to take over my game and finish it before I get home? Unacceptable. We, we finished it together. But, but I, I thought it was interesting that it was Did you like initiate divorce proceedings? A hook of enough. A hook of enough that she wanted to finish it. That yeah. I, I, and just, I won't talk about it too much because we talked before, but that game, really good. For five bucks, that game was... Yeah. Excellent. That game was like yep. a perfect like three-hour thriller mystery. Yeah. And like, it has such a good presentation visually, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it cool has, style. yeah. What's that? Super cool style. Yeah, super you, cool style with like, like good you, depth of field camera and all kinds of stuff. You never leave that train cart. I know it's but so weird. But they do a really good job to where by the end of the game, I felt like I understood if I went up to the surface and saw how that culture was, I would already have a pretty firm grasp. Yep. On it. Yeah, just from the conversations between the robots, I was like, ah, yeah, I understand but, the history of what's happened with the robots. I mm-hmm. understand where the feelings of these robots mm-hmm. and it, how there's like weird robot culture that I had no expectations of. <laughs> yeah. It paints a really good picture of a world you, you don't see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To where I was like, I now have it kind eludes. Of, it does. Yeah. 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 That, that game is uh, a really good example. I feel like that game's a really good example for any would be game developer of, I have a small team. What is something manageable that I could make in a short time? Cause they did yep. make that in a very short time. Yeah. Scale the, down, scale down, scale down to there's something, you know, you can finish and make that even if it's that. just one idea, make it's that one, one idea, idea. It's that. And it, it doesn't overextend it. Like, it's not like they were like, how do we turn this into eight hours? It was right. like, here's the story we want to tell. We're done. Right. And yeah. I thought that was a really cool game. So. That was a uh, Mike Bithel games, I think. Yeah, Bithel yep. games. Bithel games, games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, it was like it's like a, I, th- I want to say it was like a team of like thirty people, but you know, they made it very fast. Yeah, they're doing some interesting stuff. They hired um, Mike Futter for about two years, mm-hmm. uh, who from who was at um, Game Informer, Game Informer, doing <laughs> their their online news mostly. 
um, to do like handbooks for indie devs of like how the business side. It wasn't like how to develop games. It was like ah, here's how you run a business in nice. game dev. Smart. Yeah, I think it's like the game dev handbook or something here's like how that. You budget, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. That's very cool. So they're doing some cool stuff with like since they've had some successes of smaller projects or like completely different books outside of games but about games so the team is cool yeah so i just wanted to give that a shout out because i thought that was cool uh, oh yeah I, you know it's it's a little bit early for our e3 prediction stuff i don't want to get into it but i i really am still pulling for pvz3 yeah. i was just playing <laughs> pvz2 the other day and that game is finally in the place where i don't find full games anymore uh, i think I, uh-huh. I think that it's not out of out of sort of the realm it's not of possibility. Beyond, it's not out of the realm of possibility yeah, that, that we'll see something. I really hope so because, man, I love those games. And it's been like such a good game for like both me and my wife. That's the game that I think is going to make her play shooters. Like That was like, a, good, <laughs> yeah. a good onboarding for that. I do. I wonder <laughs> like if they change it or they do something to it or like try to go some kind of truly free-to-play route. Because EA doesn't really have like that kind of 100 game. plants or, drop, into, drop or, onto an island. <laughs> exactly. I mean, or EA ties it to their thing where it's only on EA Access or something like that. That could be, yeah. EA yeah. Access exclusive. Fuck. Well, well, we'll get to that. Anyways, but so the other games... Uh, that I've been checking out. I did check out. Uh, God damn it! No space in the name. It just came out this week. It's from. It's another one of those. I feel like nowadays you see it on like every other fifth game. That's like from people that made Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but it is a people who made Bioshock game. Mm-hmm. It's called City of Brass. Have you well, guys seen that's that? That's what happens when a whole studio closes. Have, have you seen that um, game, City of Brass? I, I've, I've seen the trailers and stuff. Yeah, it it's looks. Like, it almost looks like a a cross between like. A first-person Prince of Persia, like a Vermintide, because of the melee fr- FPS melee aspect. I would say aspect. it's more like a first-person Prince of Persia and Spelunky. Because oh, there you it go. Is, it is run-based. And oh, so, wow. I, did, yeah, I, know that. I thought it was level-based. Oh. It is. But you have to... You know, it is... Like, every level 1-1 one, one is still procedural. It looks procedural. like Assassin's Creed meets cool. Dishonored. It does. It's, it's, it's very pretty, but it is like a first-person run-based game. And as you go through the run... You meet all these different genies that you can... They're the vendors, and you're like, this time I'm going to buy the thing that makes my whip a little stronger. Ooh, on this run, I think I'm going to get this thing that allows me to have, like, one more health. Nice. So you do wield, like, a sword and a whip, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and so the whip can do things like if you hit someone, you can stun them with it. You can hit another button. You can yank them. So you, the whole thing is that you're trying to go through and avoid traps, but you can also, like, yank the guys into pits, yank the guys into spikes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, like, sometimes it's less about Vermintide in the sense that like Vermintide you'll fight like 80 guys once. Yeah, it's not like this, that at all. This you'll fight 3 guys. Yeah. And so that can be a lot. So how are you going to stun this how are you going to like open up with a fire pot I found, stun this dude mm-hmm. and fight the other one like it's management. More, it's yeah, it's, it's like it's more about crowd control than it is direct combat. Right. Yeah. Or so maybe these, even escaping. These are people who worked at 2K Australia. Ah. Uh. Like on the Bioshock games, okay. So not like the core irrational team. They worked well, on two then. Bioshock one and two. Yeah. Bioshock Australia did do, a, or Two K Australia did do a fair amount of work mm. on Bioshock. Okay, so it's you know I feel like a the thing I've learned playing this game and playing some other games is I'm not a big roguelike person. I just hmm. it feels bad to me to start completely over. Like I have a hard time with that. I understand that there are a ton of people though that that is not the case. Yeah, it's funny. I have a much harder time with that in like Dark Souls, where stuff doesn't change. Um, I feel like I've been kicked in the balls and thrown backwards for no good reason. Whereas like for a roguelike, 
I love road likes because I love the I love going back and doing the same thing, but with like having the formula mixed up on me. See, I wouldn't mind that if it was like when I got to level one two, then that's where I kept starting over from. Uh, but that's more like mm-hmm. a traditional game at that point. You're just starting over from level one two, um, starting completely completely over and seeing how far you can get on a run. That mm-hmm. is like an appealing thing to a lot of people. But is is there any sort of persistent progression? I though? haven't played enough to see it. I'm not sure if okay. there is. They're like three updates in, I guess. Yeah. Oh, so this is early access. According to everything online at the moment, okay. yes. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's not bad, and it's like on consoles and stuff too at this point. Um, is it on PS4? I don't know if it's on PS4. Uh, so I guess that would be the question. If it's on PS4, it has to be quote done. Yeah. But I feel like if you're like a Spelunky player, and that first person perspective sounds potentially interesting, it might be kind of interesting to you. For me, like I said, I just had a really hard time with that reset because the first time you play, I was like, oh, I'm really good at this game. And all of a sudden, I like ran into a trap I didn't see, and I was like, fuck. And then, like, (laughs) got hit, and then I fought a dervish, and I was dead, and I was like, fuck. Right. And it's like, you know, I think, though, that there is a certain type of person that really likes that and likes dying over and over again to a thing, and then the first time they accomplish it, now they, that's like... It becomes instead of a speed bump, it's literally just not even anything to them anymore. Like yeah. there is that certain thing where like oh, I've mastered that now. It's like yeah. a little bit of a gambling thing too, because like the thing with roguelikes is that uh, because of the variation in the levels and the creatures and the loot and all that kind of stuff that you can get. And this one sounds like it has vendors instead of you just picking up loot. Um, but anyway, the that there's a chance that you'll get exactly the right things that you need. Uh, or a combination of, or, you know, one of several combinations of things that you can get early on in the game that make the rest of the game that much easier and that much more likely that you're going to make it all the way to the end. And so, you know, you do run into this thing where if you've played a roguelike enough and you know what sort of those god-tier combinations are and that you actually need certain combinations at certain points before you get to, like, level, say, 2, 3 or whatever, and if you're not at this level of power, you're just like, well, I don't know why I'm continuing. Yeah. So you do, you can run into that and the... <coughs> The, I, in my opinion, the better the roguelike, uh, the more viable combinations of oh, yeah, events sure. and items that there are. Yeah, and that and that requires a lot of work. Like Binding of Isaac, I think, is one of the perfect examples. Because exactly. that game is still being updated to this day. <laughs> exactly. And like you watch people play a Twitch stream of Binding of Isaac, and you'll be like, I have never seen this combination of stuff before, yeah. and they're kicking yeah, James ass. James and I it. have a friend who's probably like put more hours in Binding of Isaac than like, anyone we know. Yeah. <laughs> and when I watch him play... He is like that, where he's like, oh, it's this thing. Now I just yeah. know I have this, and I'm going to be ready. I'm uh-huh. like perfectly set. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. all right, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so, like I said, for like someone like that, I feel like it's like totally hitting that same loop. It's very pretty. It's got a cool style. And it definitely feels a little bit like Bioshock because of the one-two combo you yeah. going on. You know, It's an interesting to play a roguelike like that from a, from a first-person perspective. I can't really think of that many first-person roguelikes I've played yeah, nowadays. Know, it's like fairly recent that engines have been where they need to be to do procedurally generated 3d yeah. worlds mm-hmm. like like that as opposed to large flattish open spaces right, right, like right. generating terrain as opposed to rooms and like furniture yeah it's pretty it was i just thought it was surprisingly cool yeah um you know to see what they were doing with that well and what i meant about the vermintide reference is that the game seems you know your whip has some range on it but the game is pretty much a melee game it looks yeah. like like you don't shoot guns not that I've seen so Not far. Not that I've seen yet, anyway, yeah. yeah. But yeah, pretty cool little indie game. Um, 
then yeah, still playing some Siege. Finally got James to play a bit more Siege. <laughs> still enjoying. I even played some with you. Still enjoying that game. The new operators are going to come out during E3 or something, it sounds oh, like, probably. Two yeah. more operators or three more? What are they? So they did two attackers. And oh, it was now weird that they defenders. did two attackers because normally they go one attacker, one defender at a time. Mm-hmm. So they did two attackers and then they're going to do two defenders. Right. So, Have yeah. they announced who the two defenders are yet? And then they're Italian. That's all we know. Oh, right? okay. <laughs> and there was leaks, though, last month that now that they've officially said they're Italian and stuff, you're like, oh, like those weren't just leaks. Those were very obviously the actual art that somehow leaked. Like it wasn't mm. like a fan made art. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is what the actual character art will be. So, and like, there's rumors about what their powers are and all that. So, mm-hmm. that game's still great. It's just good. It's just a good shooter. It is a really good shooter. And it's just, uh, for me, it's like your guys's, it's become a really good replacement to Battlegrounds. And it's like Dota in the sense that it's like my. It can be like my anger-inducing comfort food, right? That I can go back to. <laughs> well, I'm still you know. being a. Uh, it's it's a real achievement in the game to make you question what you're doing with your life. <laughs> <laughs> Those yeah. are few and far between. Yeah. <laughs> it has the exact same problems of matchmaking correctly, and oh, it yeah. does. And I've like, yeah, there's been I've learned more about how MMR works in 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 this game, and there's hmm. it's got all the same problems as Dota and got a toxic it's got toxic community problems it's got all everything that dota's got if you want all those negative aspects that's in siege too you want matches that <laughs> oh shit smooth you want matches that take far too long you can get that in siege as well really oh yeah if you play rank games rank games are like an undertaking because no it's try hard not only is it try hard, but but they're also going to add pick bands to it, so it's going to have that phase of it that's going to take well, even longer. And you you do you do the thing where you can go back and forth on matches. So For, like, yeah, you have to win by two, so it can go all the way up to like ten rounds. Nine oh, rounds. So, so it can take it can take like it can take like forty five minutes yeah. to play a match of siege. That's, in ranked. I guess that's like the only way that you get that kind of arc in a game like that. Yeah, like, I'm not saying it's bad. There are plenty of people like siege, and I will say in ranked you get less toxicity than you yeah. do in casual. More, more concentrating on winning. Yeah. Well, yeah, and people are just like you have trying to, to play right. You have like, to you have to communicate. Right. Yeah, you know. So no one's trying to yeah. be a shitlord about it. Um, but yeah, the game's still really good. Yeah, and I was happy to finally, you know, because uh, uh, I haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to play with you guys, and like, and usually if I hop on, it's after you've already got your crew of five. Yeah, and so I, I just really enjoy watching you guys because you all played so much together. You're really good, but. When I hopped in recently, I was really happy to find that, oh, I can be useful by just being the floored, the this the head-to-toe shield guy and just provide mobile cover for the guys that can actually yeah, play this was, game. when Matt was playing with us, I was like, Matt, stand by this wall. Yep. So I'm going to blow a hole and you're going to go in. It was perfect. Don't move. <laughs> tell, us, tell us where they are. Uh-huh. It uh, worked out really well. It, it totally <laughs> did work out really well. Uh yeah, play, yeah, when you and I play and you play Blitz, like I'll just walk behind you as like usually like Dokobi or someone with a DMR, mm-hmm. and like j- I'll just like you'll see slivers over Anthony's shoulder, and I'll just like be shooting like right next to his neck. <laughs> like you'd be, I'd be deafening him. If- <laughs> oh yeah, in real life, no one would ever operate that way because it'd be the most. Ins- I mean, I guess unless they were rainbow. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I, one thing I will say that it, I tried. So I've been playing a little bit of Battlegrounds. 
they added a bunch of shit in that game that's like fucking weird like they're definitely trying i feel like to compete with fortnite by being like look we're adding a lot of shit which is like new scopes and new guns all over the place and stuff. Yeah, isn't like that. it like a 16x scope or something? There's, I think there is, but there's also like a 3x scope now. There's and like a 6x map scope in beta this weekend. And in tonight, actually, the as we're recording map. this, the jungle map goes back into a test server, but now not the experimental test server, just normal test server hmm. because it's like that much closer. And that's the one that's like more Fortnite sized, 15 minute matches, very short, like less people. No, oh. still 100 people dropping into just, a very small just island. A lot with of chaos like, with like really nice guns in every house so it's like you, it is an immediate like 100 people 34 people like immediately they, they that, did, that is totally a Fortnite. it's response. like fucking normandy beach yes <laughs> they also like nerfed a bunch of stuff including like level three helmets only dropped from yeah, air packages you can't even get them out of normal oh normal wow because they anymore. just want headshots to count they don't want it to be a situation where the expectation is with sniper rifles it takes two shots mm-hmm. they want it to be one shot kills with, with the big basically every sniper rifle jesus so, yeah, they, they're definitely trying to speed up the game, yeah. which I can appreciate. The other thing I tried, though, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I did try this game called Ring of Elysium, which I don't know if you're familiar with I've that. seen that. It's another So to get one. that game, you have to download it through Garena.sg, which is the Singapore website. Garena being Tencent's Steam. Ah. So Chinese Steam. Yeah. So then you order, you download it through Garena.sg. Sounds when like it, an elaborate identity theft. When yeah, it installs, it <laughs> when it installs, the stuff that pops up feels like, like actually me, feels like malware. Me and one of the guys I was, we were sending chats back to each other. Like he was like singles in your area because yeah. it feels like it's just installing bot software. Oh yeah. god, it's not probably, but probably. It's, I mean, this is ten cents like Steam, but it just feels yeah. very the the U the the UI choices they made and stuff just look bad well um, then you know when it comes down to it can you really trust the chinese government isn't in inserting malware into I you know, know hundreds of thousands of foreigners pcs so buyer beware i guess <laughs> if you want to play this game it's free to play but you have to go to the singapore website and then you download the thing then you change your region to thailand and, <laughs> and then you can download region ring of Elysium, which is which is 10 cents straight up pub clone uh-huh. like every time i was like oh how did what's the button for it's just the battlegrounds button uh-huh. it is 10 cent took battlegrounds said let's make a map it's slightly different mm-hmm. but everything else is fucking battlegrounds like Aren't when, they- when you see a gun you're like oh yeah it's that gun so it's oh, a it's knockoff handbag it is a it is a hundred percent a like reproduction knockoff handbag but with some things that i'm like this is better than battlegrounds <laughs> it runs way better nice it uh the probably shooting, a different engine the shooting oh yeah definitely the shooting feels kind of like a weird cross between battlegrounds and siege like somewhere in the middle like hmm. Kind of like lasers a little bit. Like okay. everyone's kind of like a laser. Um, mm. The cars are like super weird looking. When you drop out of the plane, you're on gliders, like hang gliders. <laughs> and it's like, but at the same time, it has things like whenever you pick up an attachment, if it can go on a gun and you don't have an attachment there, it'll auto-equip to that gun. Nice. Uh, so kind of like the mobile version of when, PUBG. When you, yeah, when you <laughs> pick up a gun, if it's unloaded, you'll automatically reload it. How oh, funny. You know, just like all these little quality of life things that you're like, or like if you want, you can equip two scopes to a gun. So that you, if you want, you can just hit V when you have a gun equipped to switch between a 4X and a red dot, depending on if you're uh, cool. Like, stuff like that where I'm like, this is all very, it has clambering already built into the game. You know, it's like, this feels all very good. Like, and it's like an interesting map. And like, but they're like, vers- like, it's very, it's obvious that it's like for an Eastern audience. Like, there's like one part of it's like a theme park and it looks like a theme park out of China or something like that. <laughs> like the pictures you see of World of Warcraft world. Uh, well, see, the, uh, what, I, what I always thought about PUBG, though, is that like the reason why they make you actually manually do everything in your inventory is because 
they're they're actually trying to make it they're trying to make it's intentional to make it harder on you to manage that kind of stuff so that like you do have to load your gun because like if you just if two people like are running into a house and neither of them have a gun then you then the then you're thinking there oh he still has to load his gun maybe i should try punching him or hitting him with There's his no melee weapon in this game at all <laughs> if you're unarmed you're fucked you just have no ability to defend yourself it's, well, it's, it's like you say quality. I'm just saying that, like you say, quality of life improvements. That like, I should say, yeah, they are. But things it, to make it more casual friendly. Definitely, hundred you know? percent. Um, yeah, and you can add like expressions to your guys' faces. So you, all, <laughs> I will say, all the characters in it look like anime boys, and and you can make your anime boy have a big open mouth, like he's like really surprised all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can just run around like that. It is a funny thing. It's weird that Tencent, who makes Mobile Battlegrounds, who is a partner with Blue Hole, seriously, is making this free-to-play straight-up. Are, are they making it? I thought wow. someone else made oh, it. Oh no, it's te- well, well, it is Tencent taking the money then. Okay. Pretty much, so. if you want to do, if you want to do anything in China, it's Tencent these also, days. Also, another or weird, perfect world, or, or perfect another weird world, thing yeah. I thought about Tencent that is even weirder is Tencent l- released an official Battlegrounds mobile PC client. So you can play Battlegrounds free-to-play mobile on your PC with mouse and keyboard Whoa. right now. I was like, dude, that is literally cutting out the knees kind of in the way of like, Seriously. Of like Battlegrounds paid $30 version. Like, I know that not everyone's going to do that, but it is a free-to-play option that is the full map, and you can play it with a mouse and keyboard. That is so weird. And I'm like, man, how? I wonder how Bluehole's like okay with that. Like, They're probably not. <laughs> so they say that the reason they're doing it, releasing their mobile client on PC is to try and give people that were already f- hacking in mouse and keyboard and playing on mobile and ruining the mobile experience for actual mm-hmm. mobile players mm-hmm. a place to play it <laughs> uh but to me it just seems like 10 cent just being like all right here it is our f- here is free to play battlegrounds on pc in right. america americans right play exactly ours. yeah just like mm. the fuck i don't think it'll necessarily take away a lot i just feel like there's a lot that 10 cents doing there that i'm just like has a weird relationship to have with your partner. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean... To, like, deliberately <laughs> undercut your partner. I feel like they would ha- they have much more of an issue with Epic than any, th- than any of that. Well, Tencent also owns a majority <laughs> stake in Epic, too. It's not majority. It's 45%. <laughs> I just mean majority compared to any other investor, single investor. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like Tencent's taking it from every direction, man. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, just, Blue will smart. They'll just get out of it. They'll just like look for someone to sell it to and get out of it because it's just too much. It's too much. It's too cutthroat. Like there's too many the aggressive means necessary to protect that IP are not something for a fairly small company to try to to perform, especially in the sort of area they're playing in. Yeah, though they have expanded pretty crazily. They have like offices all over the place. But it's not just like number of employees. It's like legacy and experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird situation with yeah. all that battlegrounds thing. Yep. I don't know. Still, a lot of people playing battlegrounds. Apparently, oh, oh yeah. I mean, oh, half of my yeah. Steam friends list every day is still people playing battlegrounds. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I it's not just battlegrounds. I log in. We can switch topics a little bit to Dota because every day when I log in to play games on Steam, I see Mitchy uh, D is playing. Uh huh. Root is playing. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, I mean, like <laughs> it's it's actually a perfect segue segue because soon dota is adding a battle royale mode are they really it's you're it's, looking at me like i'm joking i thought i saw something about that today but i didn't look too far into it it's 20 players or like is it 20 uh, they, it's, it's, it's not going to be 
it's not gonna be a hundred people. There's I assume to, it could be twenty because they it can't be twenty. I feel a little bit. Yeah. Bad. Please it tell me the Griffin or whatever yeah. in or twenty one. Uh, I don't know, but I it's gonna be small. Thirty. Yeah, thirty. I feel bad, but it's like, it's no, a, it, it it's, actually makes sense. It's no, it's not that it doesn't make sense. It's just that that company that makes that game Battle Right, which is like a kind of more straight, it, it's straight an action based yeah, yeah. MOBA. Yeah. They they just announced like a week ago they the, were doing one, and I'm like, well, no, they just announced that they were making a a Battle Royale, and I'm like, oh. well. <laughs> there goes that from you. <laughs> so this is part of the the battle pass, the TI eight battle pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which we can talk more about. Uh but like you get the, shit. The theme of it that every year has a theme. Yeah. Last year was water, which yeah. is why the map was water. Uh although the map was built in such a way that they had to stop using it during the international because it was too hard to tell when it was day or night. And uh, uh, certain heroes and certain heroes like blended in. Or something. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it was just not, it wasn't clear. Yeah, it was cool looking, yeah. but not. They have a lot function. of characters who the effects and looks are very watercolored. True. Yeah. I mean, figure. it was their it was their map essentially. Like it was in a lot of ways like the map that belonged to heroes like Slardar and Slark and and Naga. But uh, this year's theme is is underground, uh, the caverns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that map already looks. The general map looks like it already is. Could be a cave. So really? stone yeah. based and stuff. It's like on the one side, dire. On the dire side looks dire is like is like evil blasted, but it's still outside. Um, but uh, so anyway, so there are lots of ways that that's being folded into it, thematically speaking. But the way that it's working with this new mode is that you are going through caverns looking for the Roche Fort, which is the the world's most legendary and valuable cheese, which is Roches and Roshan. Oh God! And so uh, when you're doing the battle royale, you're on you're on a team doing that. Teams of three are going through these caves looking for it and for treasure. And there are there's PVE. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Like enemies to fight and items to find in PvP, which is the other teams. And as you go through, tell me if this sounds familiar. Caverns are collapsing behind you <laughs> towards a central space. <laughs> and is that randomized or is it always towards the center? We don't know. We don't know. It's I'll not be, out yet. I'll be curious mm-hmm. what this map looks like, whether it's like a map where I can wander anywhere or is it that we're all kind of in our paths and at certain points it's like almost like a, there's a, it's su- almost like a ladder. There's we'll already a yeah. suggestion yeah. of what here. it will look right. like because like one of the reward systems in it is called the caverns. Which is uh, like you have to play heroes in, in one of three different sort of like role groupings, which is like one of the ro- support rewards in the grimoire that just came out. The mean? compendium, yeah. So yeah, like compendium. it's it's an additional system of quests that they put on top of it. Yeah, and then there's three different roles. Yeah, so there's three different roles with different heroes in it, and as you like, you have like four options in each, and then you do one of those, and each each hero leads down a different path, and like then that branches into different paths and you're trying to get to the, the center of the outer edge of the circle. And it's like, you might accidentally run into like a collapsed cavern where you can't go farther down the path or you might run into a locked door and you, you'll need a key that you might I find see. in another path to open it. And this is like, these, this is like meta stuff that's yeah, in the all compendium. Of it's meta stuff. Yeah. But the, it is suggestive that there will be like, there will be chests and there will be flares yeah. and there will be like additional rare caverns. items. Have yeah. they implied that this mode is uh permanent? No, or is it? I, no, as, I doubt it. Uh, yeah, as with everything in Ted of the Battle Pass, it is all Unless just. Unless it becomes very popular. It is just for. No. <laughs> like, well, okay, there's there's one thing that's included, which is role based matchmaking in the Battle Pass. Role based ranked matchmaking. Ranked matchmaking. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if this was like a, an exceedingly popular thing, I could see them spinning no. it out. I, you know. But if, they, they've done it with. There's been enough other modes like this, and they're always seasonal. 
Yeah. Huh. On the other hand, now. if suddenly like the player base increased by like three or four exactly. million, yeah, <laughs> that's then they'd say it was yeah. like insanely popular. Oh, we gotta keep it. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's also not free. You have to have the battle pass. Uh, buy uh, the from a, my understanding, maybe that we just get. It's. I mean, it's the other like Siltbreaker and stuff was tied to the to the battle pass last year, wasn't it? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Because I, I know battle pass <clears> owners. <throat> At a certain level, get like a bonus going in to the rewards or something I see. like that. Interesting, but the so rest we'll of, see. yeah, the rest of the battle pass has the same leveling system, except for this year you can't really level it by playing. It's pretty much you can only ra- raise it by spending money for the most part. What the fuck's <laughs> up with that? You can do it by like a hundred levels. Pay it I down, mean, you, nerds. I don't think that that's true. Like the tokens that you wager translate directly into points, right? Don't they? But the what people were saying is that like. There, it, it's much more limited because last year the quests that are now tied to the cavern, uh, no, quests that are now tied to Dota Plus, used to, last year were tied to the battle pass, and those got you levels as well. Oh, uh, this year it does not. Uh, though since they're tied <laughs> to that, you can only raise it partially through cavern, partially through recy- recycling, uh, immortal like duplicate immortals that you get, and then there's like a few other ways to do it. So the bottom line is that uh, you have to pay more money to get to the yeah. end of the compendium than oh, you did last well, year. You have to pay like two grand to get to the end of the, end of the compendium leveling thing if you wanted to pay that. And so th- there's there's just less ways to level it, or you still can, but like the they calculated out, it'd be you could get up about a hundred levels over the course if you did it like grinding correctly. So so does anybody ever get to the end of the compendium by grinding, or does no? There's there's no way. There's just no way. Yeah. Currently, like as of this morning, like it launched at 1.5 million on Tuesday or Wednesday. Was Wednesday. it Wednesday? Was it That's yesterday? That's the money that Valve put up. Yeah. So it starts at 1.5. Or was it Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. It was Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, this morning it was already at like six something. Yeah. Million. Valve put up 1.5 million. And then just be like, nah, we'll just sell it. Yeah, well, that's the base prize pool, like which is already bigger than almost any other esports prize pool. Uh, And it's already, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can afford to put up 1.5 million when you Um, make millions of dollars off of people just wanting skins. Yeah. I I don't know, like, what it's going to do this year because the player base is down considerably. Um, Like, just here, like in like on their yeah, but I guarantee you it'll still be like fifteen million. I bet at least. no, it will it will be above that. It'll still probably be around twenty. But they're like, if we hit thirty, here are our stretch goals, and it's like, I do you guys <laughs> really think you're hitting thirty? Really, <laughs> you squeaked past like twenty six last year. I think, mm-hmm. I think they'll get to like twenty seven, twenty eight. When's the international? You think it'll year? be bigger than last August. year, even with fewer people playing? Yeah, yeah. The, some of the role rewards um, include Southeast Asia. Uh, like you, you have the um, the voice lines that you can trigger in game. Right. I'm from, just saying, from what makes you think that it'll be higher with a lower player base? You think the player spend will just be more? Player spend will be more because of the way that the unlocks work this year, and that a lot of people are like want some of the later unlocks. So so far this year, it's tracking almost sixteen percent ahead of last year, but. The year before, but last year was way ahead of the year before. Yeah, so it's it, there's just like a possibility that could, it could be free front loaded, like extremely front loaded. Well, yeah, because I mean, obviously, all the people that are playing right now are all going to dump into currently. It as fast it's as around six point nine, and and the way that tracks is they released more packs of the new skins as the, the it goes on, yeah, and the, the three the, tiers of immortals. Yeah, and those always jump up, so it, you don't have to pay more for those, but if you want more of them. 
you have to get farther into the in the pool. So like we, you and I have, or I have like fifteen of them right now that I can't open until yeah, those come out. That sounds about right. Oh, okay. So um, wait, 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 wait! You can't open them till what? Until they're released. Like the, I just have them. Like it's like the the second immortal pack. It's just a chest with a bunch of different skins in it, and they release them as the companion goes on. But not because it hasn't hit a certain money threshold. No, no. no okay, no, just, that's what I thought. I thought they were basically like giving you these things and being like, "Here you go." James, but there's maybe a, but there's always <laughs> bumps when those come along because yeah. people then like it has their favorite hero it in it. This is the prize pool. Yeah, and so um, like that's that's when people go along. And with then it. they'll do like collectors cash, yeah, stuff, which is like more community driven stuff. And then at the event. There for the last few years, there have been Crimson Witness treasures. So their battle pass doesn't work though, where it's just at this tier I get this, at this tier I get this. This thing definitely. Yes, you do have that. No, it's absolutely. You do like have that. that, but also randoms. Yeah, you. They're just they're loot boxes. Yeah. like they're it's it's cosmetic loot boxes. No, I was just wondering because that's not the way that like the Fortnite one works. No, the Fortnite but, one is just this is the specific thing. But you're get. guaranteed mm-hmm. to get like there's like six or seven common. Uh, cosmetics that you that you can get and then there'll be like a tier of rarity right i've seen the way they roll out the you almost got the thing you wanted thing before in the previous one <laughs> but, <laughs> but just, basically like if there's seven cosmetics and you open seven chests you will at least have all the commons i was just wondering if they're moving away from some of that random stuff especially in light of the fact that like the first country has basically banned no, i i feel like they they just advertise like what the chances are of ever, of any given cosmetic. Like, oh yeah, but in the one country I know got banned, that's not good enough. They just have to get rid of boxes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it is a very small market, but yes. I was just wondering huh. if that. I, feel, I, I mean, I feel like with Dota's cosmetics, you have a pretty good idea of what your likelihood is for yeah. most of them, because it's not like it's not like Overwatch where here's like forty skins. It's like there are seven. Six or seven common skins in these loot boxes and two rare ones. And so, like, there's, like, a f- 14% chance. Well, there's a rare... I mean, maybe, old, although those rare ones yeah. might actually be, like, a sub-1% chance you're going to get them. Oh, it's and, less than that. Yeah. It's, like, like 1.0... or 0.001. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing is they only sell for, like, $80. <laughs> well, only. The PA one? Only eighty dollars. Is the PA one rare or ultra rare? Maybe maybe it's another one. Because I, I sold my Invoker last year for like a hundred and sixty dollars. I mean at point zero zero at point zero right at point zero zero one percent though like point zero 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 one. I thought that's what I said, <laughs> but yeah, at that at that level, then if you're selling something for eighty dollars, I guarantee you put in more than eighty dollars of your time to get it, or you just got extremely lucky. Yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. You know, you're you're one of the you're you're a lotto winner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, See, you put it. Otherwise, you know. And the funny thing is, like, getting all those is like nothing comparing to getting the Crimson Witness stuff because that's when you are at TI right, and you get first. Stuff. Like first they blood. scan your badge, which is tied to your Steam ID, mm-hmm. and there's a chance that you'll get those. Well, right, ones. because that makes sense. Why that's worth even more because only so many people can go to TI, right. so it's a very small base of right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I got like five last year. Yeah, I got, I got a bunch, and those sell for like hundreds of dollars each. Yeah. I gave you my most valuable one. The yeah, man, people the Sven one. Yeah, the Sven sword. Yeah, people. is like a hundred and fifty dollars or something. Wow, for a sword on a guy that's about an inch big. All right, everybody, good job. <laughs> good You're just playing on the wrong size job. monitor, Anthony. You can be as big as you can make him. <laughs> True. 
Um, but I don't know. They've also they also introduced okay, the role based role based ranked matchmaking. So likely you can queue into it. I do think that will eventually just go to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would make sense. But it's like it, and people were complaining like, why are you putting it behind a paywall? And like probably because they want to test it with a smaller group before they release it to everyone. Well, and because somebody's got a fun Dota every year. Y- yeah, that's not the point though. It's just like that the. Well, it's the point to somebody's spreadsheet somewhere. Uh, yeah, but it's included in this other bundle is that, that they can test it with a smaller audience. Yeah. Because like they're already running into issues where people queue for uh support and then just pick another role. Mm-hmm. And whereas like League has punishments for that and like uh, and, and like systems for that. Yeah. And like this that's stuff that they need they need to test for and like figure out what percentage of people doing that and how to mm-hmm. apply that. Um then there's also the mutations mode or yeah which is a rotating set of three mutations that go on top of dota which is fucking wild yeah so it, it's everything from when you kill people they drop bags of gold that you so can that's pick up. a constant oh, that, so far okay. i've seen that in all the mutated modes okay. i played the first mutated mutator match i played was every minute i think everyone on the map would be affected by a spell a random, a, from a random pool of spells. <laughs> so wow. it's like, it could be Thunder God's Wrath, which is like mm-hmm. a bunch of damage to everyone on the map. <laughs> Another one is Track. Mm-hmm. Track in the game is by a hero named Bounty Hunter. When you, you cast, cast Track, you see their icon on the map anywhere. You see all the items they have. You see their net worth. Yeah. And so like the game started with Track, and so everyone in the game <laughs> knew where everyone else was. <laughs> but, uh, then, but then when it rotates, does that one go away? No, it just keeps cycling through them. Another one is uh, Rupture. Rupture is a spell where if you move... No, but that's what I mean. Out. Like When it cycles through, Track goes away when the other one cycles next. Yeah, it, like, it's just like the spell is cast, so right. it, uh, it like wears off. Okay. Um. Let's see. So there was that. Uh, there was the money bags thing. There was uh, every time you pick up a power up rune, every member of your team is affected. Oh wow! So if you get double damage, everyone on the team has yeah, double damage. Into this? Yes. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a uh, playlist. Uh, uh, the uh, one last night is that there's a kill streak effect, which as you get an uninterrupted kill streak. Your character gets larger. But you also get more damage, right? <laughs> and you do more damage, but you also take more damage. Right. So, like, we, we saw a picture of this character called Kunkka, who was, like, bigger than anything on the map. <laughs> and he also was, like, cleaving for, like, a million damage. It's interesting. It also sounds like a response to, like, the popularity of Fortnite doing the way it has been. You know, It could be, for meters. sure. But it also rotates once a day. Oh, it's That's more cool. Than, I think yeah. it's several times a day, isn't yeah. it? That's interesting. It um, could be. I don't. I don't know. It's there's a lot we wow. don't know. Yeah, about wow. all the shit. Uh, well, the, other than uh, it's just like it's it's battle pass season. Yeah, like yeah. the lead up to TI has begun, and people are like, "Oh fuck, it's happening!" Like every <laughs> like the enthusiasm for Dota has been like reinfused into yeah. our group. The, well, and that's what happens wow. every year in battle pass right? time. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's the thing that I actually really like about battle pass is that. You know, they got it's a free to play game, and yeah, you know, people can buy cosmetics and stuff like that. And I'm sure they make shit tons of money off of just random microtransactions all year. But it's a really good way to make sure that the international continues to have like one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, prize pools in esports and allows you to set your budget for the next year. Exactly. Like, yep, yep. You literally generate your year's budget in like yep. one go, and then everything else can be gravy. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, how much of the battle pass funds go towards twenty five percent? Twenty only twenty five. 
Only so people have actually spent closer to twenty million on the battle pass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there In you 53 go. Fifty three hours. Yeah. Okay. Right. I dropped a lot of money this year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I want. I, 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 I wanted. I wanted a certain level that unlocks the Engl- the the voice lines from last year because there's there's some of my favorite lines in there like it's a disaster yeah. and a bunch which of are like, but you which don't really you became, get to keep those no, no. they're only seasonal do you you pay for something that goes away well you i get a bunch of other cosmetics and a yeah, bunch but of you others. pay for something that goes away so some of the stuff goes away some of the stuff you get forever like cosmetics last forever like map effects last forever like some stuff lasts forever but right. there is some stuff that is that is timed Right, um, I mean, and that, it'll that's last just, until probably like October. Yeah, you, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, I'm I'm totally a skinflint for the stuff that I'm saving up yeah. for in my real life. Like, I I don't go places, I don't go out with people, I don't buy shit. You know, what? like, uh, I've I've lived a very very frugal lifestyle for the last however many years of my life. Um, it's not the way I necessarily want to live, but it's the way I've chosen to live. If I think about going back to the time where I had a lot of disposable income because I wasn't cared about saving any of it, I still would not pay any money for something that's going to go away. But for me, it's like the amount of hours. I don't buy like the, the even the loot boxes that come out like pretty much throughout the year. You only I, buy the one time pretty much. I, I pretty much only spend it on the compendium every year. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, for the amount yeah, of time so. I, I play that game, I do not feel bad for putting... Oh, no, I'm I not put, trying I put, like, to tell you that you feel bad. Yeah. I'm just saying that's where my cutoff yeah. would be. I put like $100 into it this yeah. year. I think we... Oh, that's not like terrible. We spend yeah. on the battle passes. Yeah. yeah. Like, which is like which I, which two I or think, three times a year. Which I think is probably a lot of Dota players at this point that have been playing yeah. long enough. They don't necessarily monetize regularly but then they monetize heavily one time a year yeah it's right. probably more than if they monetized regularly throughout the year yeah it's a super it's just, brilliant business decision by valve for yeah. sure i mean yeah it's the it's the dream and i and i, yeah. pay, for, and I pay for dota plus so yeah okay, okay so you do monetize monthly on top yeah. of it too. well um, but again it's just like such a, a tiny like a tiny amount based on how much time we put into that game yeah, yeah oh i'm sure oh i mean no doubt i've put 300 something hours in siege and adorable I would well, yeah. I will say in about in like three months. So that's just the first three months so far. And there's no spectating in Siege. So spectating is just such a core component of Dota, though. Like it is. How many games of Siege have you played? I looked it up. I think it was like twenty four hundred. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I've played about three thousand games of Dota. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, twenty four hundred rounds of Siege obviously is far less time than you know. Some of those right. matches were like less than ten minutes. So. Some of my matches were less than ten minutes. <laughs> wow! 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 And, and some of them were. <laughs> and some of them were ten hours. We played a game today. Like so, the the cavern thing has caused like a, a revamp in in our group's interest in a specific way to play Dota, which is turbo mode, mm-hmm. which is where like the kill bounties are increased. Everybody gets more money. Like it's structures are way easier to kill, like laughably easy to kill. It's supposed to be a fast game of Dota. Like the average game of Dota, like 32 minutes, the average game of turbo is supposed to be like 17 to 20. And so people have been playing these turbo games to get through these cavern challenges, like to like go through these trees and try to get to these like end game skins. And for whatever reason, these are not, turning into short games these are turning into fucking 45 minute like chaos brawls because every person in the game has a shitload of money 
And so they're buying like a bunch of items, and it just becomes like this war of attrition to try to finish. Um, which is what I played before we started recording. It was one of those. It was a triple uh, game. That so that's why you were fast. so like fucking thrilled when you got to the end of that well, one. Yeah, because I finished rush. that hero on the fucking cavern challenge. Right. <laughs> Imagine compressing two hours into the game into 45. That yeah. was the stress and farm of like a 90 to 100 minute game of Dota into a 45 minute game of Did Dota. Did you have Jesus. to win to complete the challenge? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it, and you can bet on each game. You're like some, uh, some so much stress. Yeah. Oh my god, uh, it, it not real money gives me heart palpitations. Not, not real just money. By thinking about it. Yeah. As an example, Mitch Dyer, enemy of the podcast, um, <laughs> was trying to do a challenge for a specific hero named Broodmother and lost like eleven games in a row. God. All turbo. All turbo. You are. I was in several of those games and vowed not to do that anymore. You guys are going to burn out my mirror neurons. Seriously. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Dota. Yeah. I also started playing again after not playing for about a month. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's Maybe a month and a half sometimes. Yeah. Which was yeah a, a good break pre Ti season and all that. I just like I was I didn't I didn't play I didn't play many competitive games like really? I. Which I think I just needed. I needed a non. Like I played a lot of uh, Slay the Spire, and yeah, I like that um, game. They 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 just put out their new. Uh, oh, the third character. The third character. Oh, sweet. Which is basically Invoker. Um, it is it is one of the automatons mm-hmm. um, that you you encounter later in oh, the really? Spire run, and the concept of the character is you have three orbs above your head mm-hmm. um, and you can invoke or I'm, I'm just going to call it invoking you can because uh, they have a different term for it in game but you can invoke uh, these different orbs in those slots um, you can also add slots with different cards um, mm-hmm. and all of them have active and passive abilities so like the default one you get is lightning and lightning mm-hmm. does I think three damage mm-hmm. um, every at the end of your turn or you can invoke it and do eight But you can have, let's say, if with the default three, you can invoke three lightning, so it's doing nine damage at the end of your turn. Wow. Or or if you have something that can invoke multiple ones, you could uh, do 24 damage. So are these, like, permanent buffs that are just on this character the whole time? No, but that's the thing, is your whole thing is you can rotate them out. So then, like, you're like, okay, I know um, the next turn this enemy is going to uh, do a bunch of damage, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to invoke ice orbs... So that then those orbs give nice. you a uh, passive or active block. So, so the orbs are floating around your character's head, but you have to play a card in order to activate them basically, in different ways. Yeah, okay. there's different ways to invoke it. And so basically it becomes down to it's less about using direct spells to do attack damage because the other two characters are more focused on direct attacks. This is more fo- right. focused on passive powers and... Uh, using, like, set, invoking certain things or creating certain... Uh, basically patterns in your in your these passive abilities mm-hmm. to defend yourself or attack interesting uh it's it's like and that's when it's like evoker is a really complicated character he's also yeah. a very complicated character so so the knight is about like just you know hopefully building up a really hopefully getting the right card combinations yeah. to build up a really strong attack or a super strong defense yeah the the, the rogue can be you like know, can be like a, a damage over time via poison, right? Or uh, combo decks, which are like high energy, yeah, low. and are like about having like the biggest hand possible, where you swap out tons of cards all the time. Seems to be yeah. a really good strategy for that character. Yeah. So what's the what's the card? What's the kind of the card strategy for this third character? Uh, uh, it's either 
all pa- about being passive or mm-hmm. power synergies. So, oh, like, okay. uh, say you play a power, it will invoke an additional what do you do? orb. Oh, you're changing your cap box? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of them defiled it a minute ago. And so, basically, like, yeah, you would invoke all these different powers that. Um, make other things free or they uh, add additional damage mm-hmm. or there's, there's a million different combinations you can do but it, it just it's so different from the other two like i i was worried like oh they're just gonna make a spellcaster and he shoots fireballs it's like no <laughs> you can have orbs that generate additional energy you have orbs that uh build up passive energy over time and but don't do damage until you invoke the orb and yeah. it will like attack the lowest energy one but that could be like if you wait maybe eight turns yeah. that could be a hundred damage which is like a ton in that wow. game yeah no kidding um Jesus. there's focus which uh is a separate stat for that character mm-hmm. that increases the um potency of those passive abilities oh wow um and the, and they're they're active ones um but there's certain cards that give you a burst of focus and then they kind of it ticks back down until you're in the negatives and yeah. you, they don't do any more damage. Like there's some cool. really, really cool trade-offs. So that's what I love about, you know, like uh, Slay the Spire and what I love about some of the Hearthstone heroes mm-hmm. and stuff like that is just how, they ha- how they've approached like combining a bunch of different systems into, into making it a really unique character and a really unique play style across a deck. Yeah. That's cool, and they they still have their daily runs, which are has uh, like three modifiers each day. Yeah, um, and they made pretty rapid changes to those because it used to be like one positive, two negative. Now it, now it could be two two positive, one negative, or all negative. Like, mm-hmm. and so each day there's just like some really interesting variables that you can play with in that game. Yeah, uh, to experience a lot of different things. Um, and there's ascension cool. mode, which was in the been in the game for a while, but it, it's increasingly more difficult runs on each of the characters so you uh-huh, like you like right, can't yeah. you don't heal between floors right. or they deal more damage or something like that the game the game is super fun yeah i those ascension runs make no sense to me because you already like don't get to the end like you know the yeah. vast majority of your runs like i'm like wow you'd have to get the exact perfect drop of cards the whole way through yeah so through some, some of those later run. ones require you to play a certain way like a super defensive yeah. deck or like yeah, there's right. a, there's some. But sometimes you don't have the choice of what type of deck you're going to play because you don't get the yeah. right cards. Yeah. Or even in the shops, you know. Anyway, yeah, it's a very good game. What yeah. else you've been playing? Uh, a little bit more of Dead Cells. Um, oh, okay. They just ap- updated to the baguette update, uh, which <laughs> changed a lot of the UI. Hmm. Um, they added new some new systems where you can reforge stats on weapons during the middle of a run. Which gold Whoa. didn't really have a purpose before. Like it mm. kind of did, but not to this point. Now mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I can reforge this deck because if I have a, it does more. My bow does on put lights them on fire, but I can want to reforge one of my turrets so that it currently does poison damage or extra damage to poison to uh, a random variable until you get fire. So like you can reforge your run to make mm. it. So you're not just relying on the drops. Yeah, um, interesting. Again, I, they're just these games that I can continue to update and continue to put up yeah. really cool systems. Um, yeah, they just, just keep like adding stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. Want it to be 1.0 so I can play it. I think I think they're coming up on it. Cool. Um, when they do that, then yeah. I will play it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. More. Let me know. Um, and that, that's pretty. Oh, oh, what is okay? Oh. I've been playing this mobile game. Oh, <laughs> um, it's free to play. 
Uh, I don't know. I've, I've, been, I've been playing on iOS. Double O. Uh, and it's called Shadow Gun Legends. Oh, it's, yeah. Shadow you mean, Gun you mean Destiny Mobile? It, yeah, des- it, it <laughs> is, is it basically really? a Destiny Mobile game <laughs> that has raids, that has uh, that has co-op missions. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, honestly, it actually like controls really well. It <laughs> looks really good too. It, it looks wow. really good. The levels are very short. They're probably like three to five minutes it's at a most. Good thing on mobile. Um, but the light, like the light level, functions the same way. <laughs> the gun, even the way you look at your guns and stuff. Yeah, it's a game loft game. <laughs> no, I forget. I forget. So Shadowgun was back in the day during the early days of like iOS gaming starting to blow up. Uh-huh. Shadowgun was one of the very first games that people were like, "Look how good this shooter looks." On it was a third, it was a third person shooter at the time, like very Gears of War esque. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, now that you're mentioning that, I think I remember when that came out because it was a big deal. Yes, and so this company's then progressed into this now, where it's, that's hilarious. It is like making this very destiny, and it's online. Yeah, yeah on, running on. I mean, it is, it is destiny. Yeah. It, it is like someone said when they had any time a design question came up, someone was like, "I don't know how should we how does destiny do it?" Yeah. Right, do it now the thing the thing that's a little bit weird about this game is I watched the opening cutscene and it it's very much like the um, Duke Nukem like there's a guy in big power armor running mm-hmm. and he slides under this giant robot with a rocket launcher and it and it's just like shoots it in the dick. It shoots it in the dick and it's like <laughs> like butt shot or something uh-huh. like that. It's oh, like God. the attitude is like really dumb. It's lowest yeah. common denominator. Yeah. Seriously. Uh but it's fun. Like yeah. it's um the, like I said you, you control um basically your aim and thing like you think it like a joystick. Mm-hmm. Um but there's no like most of the time there's no shoot button. As long <laughs> as you're like kind of near an enemy, you'll you'll start shooting. Oh, and it's on you basically on you to like do it from there. You can also like move, double yeah. tap to aim down sights. Um if you're on a sniper rifle, then it actually will put uh, uh, like a shoot button on the screen because you want it to be more accurate. Right. Um, huh? I, it's fascinating. I've been playing it while, like, if I'm watching other people play Dota, because uh, it takes like five minutes, so I can get like three runs in. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't recommend it. There's a lot of free to play hooks. No, sure. I mean, I, the, sure. the, uh, I feel like there was an article up on Kotaku about it. This, this is a, that's exactly why why <laughs> I started playing. And it. even in the article, people I were mean, like, "You sound like you're giving an advertorial." And the guy's like, "I was not." Yeah. I was trying to tell you all there are a lot of free bit hooks, but this game's surprisingly good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like Bungie kind of set the stage by putting a bunch of free to play type bullshit in the game in the first place and sort of making a blueprint how someone would just make that free to play. Well, and now they can take all the game all the ideas from this game and put them back into Destiny Two and put even more free to play hooks in. I mean, yeah, and I bet you if you played it with like one of those M5 controllers or something, it probably feels pretty yeah. good because this company's always supported controller stuff. Is it Unreal? Yeah. I don't know if it's a, uh, no, it's Unity. Okay, it's very pretty though when you see it. I mean, it, it, like I said, when I saw it, and I was like, "What is?" It? I was like, "Is that Destiny?" Like, that, that <laughs> I mean, not, it doesn't look as good as Destiny. I should sure, clarify. Destiny is like an right, but you would have thought like, "Oh, is this Destiny Mobile?" Like in a small picture, you're like, "Is that Destiny?" Oh no, that's not Destiny. It mm-hmm. is yeah. enough to blur the lines for a second that you're like, "Wait a second. <laughs> Much like. A lot of game loft games back in the right, day, you'd be yep. like, "Wait, is this Uncharted?" No, yeah. this is whatever Golden Quest you made or whatever right. they called it. Oh, I, just, I just logged in, so I got I got my my like login bonus uh-huh. and claim my check. Oh, you're in the town. Yeah, you're in, you're in their you're version in the of tower. what is it called? This tower. The tower. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Except the world James in looks a lot more like something out of Blade Runner yeah. or uh, a casino. Is it a player? So I can walk up this player and I can be like, "Ask dungeon <laughs> chat it- say." Loser, <laughs> is there voice chat? I don't think so. Okay, it's it's really. I mean, it wow. is it is interesting to me because I feel like, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like 
like a, I feel like there's just people are going to be doing a lot more gaming on their mobile device soon. Yeah, like, I, I saw too that uh, Steam's adding, not like not all the time. Like I don't think our generation will, but I feel like there's a generation growing up with mobile devices that are, and there will be like more games. For them. Oh yeah, my nep- my nephews, uh, if they like, they literally go from Fortnite on the Xbox in the living room to Fortnite on their mobile devices, back to Fortnite on the Xbox. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to me, like. Uh, even to just the idea of using like my mobile device as an interface for things. Like I saw that they're going to put the Steam Link app yep. on mobile things, so you could stream it to your device. I was like, I don't know how good so that's going to work. So we kind of we can watch Dota. You can spectate Dota games from your phone. That was you the, can coach Dota games from your phone. That's what I'm saying. Spectate. Yeah, but like that that was the thing that uh, <laughs> yeah. they they, sh- they showed Dota like on a phone. Yeah. And I was Man. like, all right. You'll I mean, you're not going to be playing it. No, no, no. No, no, no. Unless keyboard. you hate your friends. Well, yeah. no, I mean, like, if they, if Apple added proper, like, keyboard and mouse support to iOS, then it would be a different story. Yeah. Um, uh, our friend has been playing Dota with a fight stick. So really? He hates you guys? Crispy yeah. has been playing Dota with uh-huh. a fight stick. Just, so to, give, just to give himself a new so challenge. So him with yes. the fight stick is, like, slightly <laughs> better than me just playing normally? Uh, <laughs> His decision making will be better than yours. His control will not be. Because yeah. <laughs> he has to. So basically, he has two movement. He has the stick is controlling the camera. Uh-huh. Then he has to hit a modifier button so his stick is controlling the mouse. So he he sets it, mouse taps, and then goes back to camera. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Why is he doing that? Because he wants to play Dota, but he's bored of Dota. Does he stream it at least so that it's he, like some weird stream appeal? There have been some Seriously. tests he might this weekend stream it No, he, he streamed it on his main channel. Okay. Okay, I was just wondering because I was like, I know that there are some popular streamers who do weird controller setups, and that's yeah. like part of their shtick. He did, yeah. he is, I have not seen him win a fight stick Dota game. No, he won, he won a game finally. <laughs> okay. Finally. <laughs> did he make a Smurf account at least? <laughs> yes, he did. I was going to say, play against Scrubs if you're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and his name was, I think, on that account. Fight like, Stick Man. Uh, yeah. Dota something. with a fight stick. Big Dota with a fight stick. And He's, he's running into some pretty, like, not toxic people. It was like people were just like, hey, man, all right, let's do this. All right, let's go. <laughs> I know. I was playing with I was playing people. Remember, were you in that match with me the other night, James, where the guy wouldn't stop saying over and over again, he's like, I'm playing on a Cintiq. I'm playing with my Cintiq. Uh, no, I wasn't. And I was like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah. like, you don't have to keep making excuses. But he's like, yeah. I'm, so I could picture him, like, drawing, you know, where he wanted to look and stuff like that. And I was like, well, that's one way Arthur, to play a game that, like that. That's, that's your, your challenge now. Except no. you're saying Tink to play Dota. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was like, I don't I mean, know why it, you choose to do it that. See, it seems, ostensibly, it seems like, you know, being able to use a touchscreen device to play device to play a game like Dota makes sense in some context because of, like, where you could target things. You know, like, you could tap on a screen to target something Except instead of moving Except tapping on a screen is not as, as pinpoint accurate as using a mouse pointer. Well, that's why I said ostensibly. Yeah. And surprisingly, probably not as fast moving my whole arm as opposed to just. Yeah, no the the range of mo- you you get greater range of motion. What moving DPI your do you guys play Dota on? I'm just curious. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing okay, crazy. because I've been ever since I started playing Siege, I play with about uh, like 800. Minus, or less, yeah, minus so which low. is like the lowest I've ever gone to in a game. Yeah, you yeah. Yeah. drag. And I looked at the pros that play and they play on 400 and i was yeah. like that's fucking crazy yeah like i thought when that I went is down why to their elbows and wrists go when they're 25 right and they do giant hand movements yeah they do stuff. giant like, really? hand movements well, yeah they literally yeah. The, when they well, aim they pick up and move well a lot you're how you're supposed to do it so and weird. like how like a lot of pro, like cs pros it's all 
It's all, uh, it's all elbow big mouse movement. pad. Yeah, elbow. Yep, it's all yeah, elbow. Yeah, they have a giant yeah. mouse pad, and that way yeah. when they do precise little aims, that's that's how they've been taught to like reduce mm-hmm. like wrist motion. So you're not if you just wiggle your wrist back and forth, you, you can tell it hurts after you yeah, know, yeah, a little like, bit. Like wiggling your wrist is worse oh, yeah. than wiggling your elbow, but also it's way more precise to like right. move your mouse move over a, a super long distance. Yeah, yes. they can and do it much like, easier and than I can. It's so interesting to like have to see you know pros settling on that because my entire history of playing FPS games is since, super high DPI. Since the fucking it's 90s. It's always let's go higher. It's always let's go higher yeah. and let's make my movements as small and precise as possible. You know, like I remember watching this pro Quake player in like 2000 who basically, they, they didn't move from the elbow like today's pro players does. Uh, her her hand was basically like just this little like twitching insect, you know, that was just like perfect precise over very small distances well that's what used to be like the you could when they used to play on like high dpis you could do like flicks on the mouse to turn yourself all the way around 180 yeah, yeah. and and that's not a thing anymore now yeah. it's just now you gotta like you just gotta like uh-huh. it's a flick of across the entire like mouse pad yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's so weird that it's like counter to all the stuff that i yeah. grew up with so, so it's not so it's I... not about it's not about like dpi anymore it's about uh, uh what is it uh it's about sampling some kind of sampling i can't remember what the yeah. name is so that like when they're when they're moving their mouse across when they're making this giant sweep with their hands uh it's sampling as much as it can of the movement so that it's always precise so that you don't get a jumping cursor yeah it's just it's just and, and zero mouse smoothing like you gotta turn off all the mouse smoothing. So go, go into your settings and look for mouse acceleration and turn it off i've yep. never done it so at this point i'm afraid if i do it it's gonna no, you turned it off and no, i didn't not in Windows. I never did it. Even when we, when I told everyone... Yeah, I never did it. Because I was like... That was my thought was, but I've already learned to play this way. Isn't it going to fuck me up now? I should do it. It you might fuck it. you up a little bit, but you'll be a lot more accurate. Because like, yeah, what's happening with mouse smoothing is there's an acceleration built in that isn't one-to-one with Which your hand. I am 100% shoot. not going to control a game the way that a bunch of people who blow out their fucking elbows and wrists at age Well, no, that's why, that's, why, that's why you don't do it at 400. That's why you do it at... 800 and turn down yeah, your even, mouse even at 800 game, i can still you know? play with my just my wrist exactly like, yeah like you turn you turn it down to something that a normal human would play with instead of a pro gamer but you still take the lessons from what they do it's just like you know like i could play i could play basketball my entire life without ever taking coach from a pros but you know as soon as you know as soon as a uh, as soon as a college basketball kid came to our school and taught us how to throw and you know like actually follow through on the wrist you know, I was like, "Oh, that's a much better way." So, you know, you take right, but I you you learn proper technique and then you adapt it to what works for you. I think that there's a key difference in that comparison, though, which is that there's like decades of sports medicine dedicated to the idea of minimizing repetitive stress injuries in professional sports, and that is something that's very nascent in on online in gaming. Like, right, but one of the things the moving from your elbow is to limit repetitive stress injuries. Like if the like moving just your wrist is worse on you than moving your elbow. I'm not talking about the advice. I'm saying like I would not look at what a quote pro gamer, especially like one in their early 20s, is doing, and like the advice they give on how to to move. It's and not. How it's to not play. them. It's their like. It's the their team. Like the people that we've met. Have right. Like the and that's fine. I just like that's. I would 100% take their advice because they are paying more attention to it than anybody else in the entire world is right now. I wasn't trying to worry about my body at all, though, either. I was simply trying to become more accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do too many things with my wrists and my elbows at this point. Like, 
when I right, when which I, is why you should listen to the people that are paying more attention already, to it than anybody like, else. My my shit is ergonomic. My stuff is fucking parallel. Yeah, like I just uh, that's the way to my go. My forearms rest on the arms of my chair. Like right. my wrists are not supporting the weight of my arms when I play. Yeah, I just started watching these people, and I was like, "How are all these dudes that play Battleground making these crazy headshots and stuff?" And I was like watching them, and I was like, "Oh, because when they do that." Mm-hmm. That took them across a like a. I did like a four inch movement with my arm. By the way, mm-hmm. that takes them across the length of a win a width of a windowsill. Mm-hmm. Whereas on my screen, I would have spun a three sixty. Right. You know? so I was like, <laughs> okay, so they can stop. They can have a little bit more feeling about how to stop in that than mm-hmm. I ever could. So, and then the um um, you know, you can set up mouse profiles and stuff so that when you're ABSing, you're you go even lower. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting stuff for sure. Um, Arthur, did you or Matt? Did you play? Oh, Matt, I know you played something. I did. I um, played some more layer billions. Yeah, I've heard that game got a lot prettier lately. They added more buildings and stuff like that. that yeah, they our, added, our there's more and stuff. There's more building variety, but is they that also still early access. It's mm-hmm. still an early access. Mm-hmm. They're like it'll be an early access until they add it. They finish the campaign. Oh, okay. Um, so it's still just survival mode now. Gotcha. Um, but they've added wonders, and they've changed the way that maps are generated. What's a wonder? Uh, they're incredibly expensive structures that you can build that give you like ridiculous sort of bonuses or benefits. I should have guessed. Like, yeah, there's one that reveals the entire map well, and nice. everything on it. Wow! And that's when that's you realize, fuck, there are a lot of zombies <laughs> on this map because <laughs> it's just like all red on yeah. the fucking map. Um, <laughs> Uh, and also there's like abandoned structures that you can find and repair, mm. which is new. Like you can find like executors, which are giant guns. Cool. That sounds um, cool. I've been meaning towers. to try that game. Still. It's still incredibly fucking difficult. And there are things mm. in it that are broken in a way that's really fucking frustrating. Uh-huh. Um, like the way that it indicates where a horde is coming from can be incredibly deceptive. It can say there's a horde coming from the east and then it works mm-hmm. its way around to the north side of your tower because of the way that the map is structured. And there's really right. no way to see the entire map unless you get that special thing or you build like multiple radar towers and you have to be like a certain tech level before you can do it. Um, and it's super frustrating. And like, yeah, it can be hard to know when your structures are blocking points of egress a- around different parts of your base. And it's not reasonable to have like hordes of soldiers everywhere. Um, so, yeah, it's how come you don't want hordes of soldiers because everywhere? they require upkeep. Oh, I so see. like every every archer you have, for example, mm-hmm. is one less gold generated per turn. I got gotcha. you. So um, you want it? So that's how the economy works. It's like that's every where the building the takes is. takes a certain amount of gold. Mm-hmm. Like residential buildings increase the amount of gold you have, and some buildings uh, multiply what those things get. Mm-hmm. Every other building requires upkeep. Uh, it see. requires gold upkeep, food upkeep, energy upkeep, uh, and some mm-hmm. of the later ones actually like burn resources. Like gotcha oil wood concrete like that kind of shit um and so eventually you have to build not only enough to you have to build enough like harvesting not only to build structures but to maintain specific things i see um so yeah uh it's it's like a game of escalation but there in in other problems they're like the game doesn't always tell you when stuff is under attack and in, and in a game, like, where... <laughs> Too bad you lost that wall. <laughs> no, like, if they get into your base and oh, they know, get, like, like one residential over. structure, it's done. Yeah. Wow. Like, because, like... Uh, you told us about this before, especially if they get one with, like, a super zombie in it, and then they can just spread. But it's not just... It's not... It's the way, like... One of the ways the game progresses is by your population. Right. 
And so, like, you get your first mayor at, like, 50, and you get your second mayor at 200, and your next mayor at 600, and your next mayor at 1,000. And so, like, every building, like, adds a certain number of population. And if they Mm -hmm. hit something with, like, 10 or 15 people in it, when that building is, is infected, all of those all that population turns into zombies yeah, and they scatter oh, wow. out and like hit the next building and the buildings are extremely fragile. Gotcha. And so it's just like, it is, it's Dominos. impossible and yeah. fresh zombies are the hardest to kill. Um, <laughs> so I think wrong. This game yep. is super brutal. No, it's like in 28 days later, oh, I get like it. super fresh fast and they're not, on and and they're not they rotten like, or, yeah, exactly. yeah. or <laughs> they're not starving to death on the street. Uh, <laughs> right. <brutal. laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, frustrating mm. um but i'm still playing f- it yeah it's it's like it like really draws you in there's like this sense that maybe this one will go better but eventually right. like they all end the same way <laughs> <laughs> in that sense it's a lot uh, like a roguelike and you have to beat it on a certain difficulty level to unlock a map oh interesting so yeah so you can get stuck on one map for a while if you're not able to beat or forever it. or forever as the case may be right um but yeah i think maybe i'd started playing that because i'm waiting to play state of decay too Yes, yes we'll I'm very looking that forward soon. to that. Yes, I very much want to play this I, game. That is a game that I'm definitely looking forward to as well. Yeah, that has co-op crossplay, right? It does. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have to throw it down on. The, I don't know how many people. I don't know. Four, four in the last four one. Seems like a magic number. Yeah, no, there was yeah. no co-op in the last one. Oh, what am I they thinking were of? To add You're thinking of that zombie game where you could parkour, which had four-player co-op. Dying light. Dying light. Oh, I must be thinking of that one then. It didn't. I don't think it launched with it. I did play State of Decay. I guess I just all along when I was playing it, I thought it was co-op, but I was just playing alone. But well, you always 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 ran around with the AI companions. Yeah, like yeah. Sure, you have the AI companions. Yeah, but you did play this week's probably biggest PC release. I would say that's Pillars of Eternity Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, I really liked the last one. The last one was. A lot more shallow on especially your companion storylines than, uh, you know, Pillars of Eternity was a Kickstarter in 2012, I think, 2012, 2013, and then I think it came out in 2015, and it was at that point like the biggest Kickstarter in history. Um, it was fucking huge. It had like 77,000 backers. Uh, and it was basically everybody who loved the old Infinity Engine, Baldur's Gate, and Torment games and stuff mm-hmm. like that because this was being made by basically the people that made those games. The people that made those games, only you know, as like a modern development studio, because it's not like they were like, oh, we're all going to come back into game development. No, like Obsidian had been around. Yeah, um, Obsidian makers of games such as Knights Fallout of New Vegas, the Republic Two. Yeah, yeah. And so the um, anyway, so it got a huge backing. It came out. It was a good game. Lots of people liked it. It was very well executed. Fucking hard. It definitely pulled that from the old Infinity Engine games where it's like you have to... And, and it's and if you've played Knights of the Old Republic or, um, you know, uh, Dragon Age or Mass Effect, or not Mass Effect, but Dragon Age, where it's like you... It has that real-time but pause combat mm-hmm. where you can issue orders and then... Uh, attack issue orders attack you know uh which comes from the old ballers gate games pillars of eternity 2 did that and you spent like 99 percent of your time paused <laughs> because like you would let go of the space bar people would complete some actions and you'd pause again and then plan everything around because if you didn't micromanage to that level you'd just die even yeah. on like normal <laughs> difficulty 
because yeah, so a forty-five second battle could take five minutes. Because yeah, yeah, you definitely were issuing orders. Yeah, and I still loved it. I got into it. It was super nerdy, you know. But um, uh, the biggest critiques that were levied against Pillars One, they uh, very much so seem to have taken to heart and addressed in Pillars Two. And now keep in mind that in Pillars 2, I've just barely got off the first island. So the main story in this one is that uh, you're still the same character, but right at the beginning of the game, they Mass Effect 2 you, <laughs> where like you quote-unquote die or sort of half die. So it gives you an opportunity to remake your character in a lore-friendly way. Mm-hmm. But you can still import your save from the last game, so like all that stuff carries over Meet if you want to. characters and stuff like that. That's exactly. Recurring. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so it has a very cool beginning to the game. And then what's taking place now is that you're off the mainland where you were before, which is in this place called Deerwood. And you're out across the ocean in this archipelago called the Deadfire Archipelago, which is where Pillars of Eternity 2 colon Deadfire comes from. And now it's a fantasy pirate game. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're, go- you're going... You're- they do have uh, sh- you, you. The last game, you had an overhead map, and if you were journeying to another location, you would just click on it and you would go there. And it would say, "This is going to take two days for you to get there." This one, you have the overhead map, but you click on it, and your little icon moves over the map before you get there. And you can pick up little events on the map and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool when you're on the island. But when you're out in the ocean, you're actually in a ship and sailing around the ocean, and you can avoid other ships, you can attack other ships, uh, and. I haven't done any of that yet because I just barely got my ship repaired after crash landing on the starting island. So that gives you a sense of how far into the game that I am. I'm I'm only like four or five hours in. But maybe it's just this one island. Uh, So that's my heavy caveat because I'm so early into it. Um, But at least at this starting area, every system is deeper and more well thought out than it was in the last one. The characters are way more interesting. There's a lot more voice lines just of town people as you're walking around as well as your companion characters. Uh, the storylines are already be- well better thought out, uh, more better thought out. <laughs> they are better <laughs> thought, thought out. out they are better thought out than they were in the past. Yeah. Jesus Christ! More bad. Speak English, good. And then best. Um, <laughs> the best, uh, yeah, be best. And then uh, the they added some new characters. They redid the combat systems. Like every character's uh, attack abilities are basically defined as a resource that you then spend. And depending on your character class is how they get their particular resource. So I was like, oh, they added monks to the game. So I decided I was going to play a monk. And the monk's resource is wounds. And they start out a battle with like maybe two of them. And then as they get wounds during the battle, they can spend those wounds to uh, to use as like points towards their attack. That's their super attacks. cool. Yeah. And then and then so the their little combat tutorial thing says that like you think the same way when it comes to wizard spells or cleric spells is that they actually start with a full pool of resources that they can spend. Whereas like other characters have to build up their resources and some characters start with like half their resources that they can spend and then they can build up more. So, okay. like, and it's just based off the different character class that you choose, uh, class race combinations, ability combinations, all that kind of stuff. Um, the engine runs way better. The load times are way quicker. Cause I was just playing the, cause I realized I hadn't played the expansions. Like I said last week, I hadn't played the expansion. So I was just playing the old game in the old engine on this same computer that I'm playing on now, uh, and this this engine is so much better. More, like, it's just more optimized. Way more optimized, and the art is just better. That's, that's uh, awesome. Like it, it has a consistent like hundred, hundred and ten frame rate. Oof. You know, 
Um, the controlling and the Stop bothering my cat and the a- monster. <laughs> and what I've noticed is that like I've actually had very few battles. Um, yeah. The the last game was criticized for having a whole lot of filler combat, like uh, uh, overly wrought filler combat. Right. And this one, at least so far, is way more story rich. Where the, the you and the battles are by design easier. Um, there's they're going to step up in difficulty, of course, but right off the bat, I've just noticed that like uh, they've retuned it towards what I think was the original tent of Pillars One. Because Pillars One, they talked a lot about like their main inspiration being Planescape Torment, which was an extremely story driven game to the point where the combat almost didn't matter. Um, it was just like kind of a side thing that you did while you were going from like wall of text to wall of text. Um, but uh, in this one, you know, I'm not saying that they've gone that far. It still uh, still seems like it's going to be a click your party around the map combat focused game. But they've balanced it a lot more towards uh, story and party interactions. Even down to the point that the, another system that they've added on, which I fucking love, and is the kind of thing I've wanted to see in an, in a party based RPG forever, and that is that there is a um, reputation and relationship system, not just between factions in the games, but between you and the members of your party and all the other members of your party between each other. Oh yikes! And it's so cool. Like uh, one of the characters that I was walking around with early on in the game, he's a throwback from the last game. Um, you know, like we walked to this other character. It's like, oh, this one's going to want to join my party. And he was like, because they follow the same God, there's like this little subtext about them, like kind of giving each other, you know, like the flirty side eye kind of thing. And then you can like go into their chart and you can see like that they have like a relationship point drawn towards each other. Oh, wow. And it's like if you click on your party members, you can see a full wheel that's an array of like things that they like and things that they don't like. So that like the based off the interactions that you do in, you know, the multi-choice dialogue that any good RPG has. Uh, you can bring them closer together or not. To a degree, like it, it, at least right now, it seems like, you know, you have like maybe some control over it, but it seems also like uh, events in the story uh, are going to unfold whether or not you want them to in a certain way between characters in your party, Hmm. which makes them a lot more alive. And, you know, like I already felt bummed out when like I would lose a Mass Effect character, right? And, uh, they basically don't do anything without your say so. So this is like a really big step up, I think, for like how to treat um, sort of like the psychological implications of people with different views in a party and like put a different kind of leadership burden on you. At least that's where I hope it goes. Can you also skip characters? So you could like skip a party member and not have them in them. That could affect relationships differently than if you chose to take them. Or do you have to, you have to, it's a set group of people. No, like, uh, it's just like the last game where you don't have to take any companions. You could fill it all out with hirelings, which basically is like, you go to an inn, you say, I want to hire a mercenary, and you just make another character. Oh, wow. And that's, cool. uh, that, that's the way all of those old Infinity Engine games mm-hmm. were, too, is that, like, you never had to take any of the side characters or experience any of their story bits at all. And <laughs> you could still go through the whole game. So this game still works like that, too. But for me, I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they, they're all going to have like this story behind them. I don't even know why you would 
develop the game that way probably and to me that just seems like a nostalgia throwback that maybe isn't even necessary but well what if you think i'm saying this right now and somebody who's going to be listening is like i played all those games with none of the companions you know or if you think one of them is a real dick and you don't want you don't want him in your party <laughs> right exactly <laughs> i mean i definitely did that yeah. that happens you know like especially in the Baldur's gate games you would end up traveling with you know uh you wanted to be evil uh, but there's characters that are very much good and vice versa you know <laughs> um I still have a complete inability to be evil in games, so that won't ever happen to me. It'll always be the other way around. The uh, I really... Right now, I'm really, really impressed. So the question is whether or not it's going to hold up over the long haul. And if the rumors are to be true, this game is a very, very, very long haul. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. And it's pirate themed. It's like the second fig, fig game I think I've seen come out. So yeah, that's true. It is. Fig the uh, video game focused crowdfunding platform. Yeah, but the first one wasn't. The first one no. was kickstarted. Fig did not exist at the time. Right. Yep. So hmm. there was this game and a game called Make Sale are the only two Fig games I've seen come out so far. But I know there's been others that probably there have too. been. Yeah, there've been quite a few actually. Um, I just don't think they've made the a huge splash on Fig that's come out. I feel like I'm not sure. One of their first games was Outer Wilds that came out. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, this is probably the biggest fig game, probably. I think probably yeah. This is one actually that a year ago because the believe it or not the campaign for it was only a year ago, um, <laughs> so they they made the second one quite fast. Well, um, what the I believe what they did with this second one though is that they were like this game is funded, we're gonna make this either way, uh, but we're gonna go out and do a crowdfunding campaign to add on all of this extra stuff that we want to do to make it better. Oh yeah, I mean I when I say this game was made. It wasn't like they started production last year. The game's probably been underway since like 2016. Right, right. (laughs) Um, Or even longer. Yeah. Yeah. Pillars of Eternity was 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. They probably wrapped up that and immediately just kind of rolled into this. So, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's, uh, that was, my friend was trying to get me to invest in Pillars of Eternity 2 on Fig. He's like, what if we both threw in a thousand bucks? So, I mean, we would have seen a return. You would have, you definitely would have, yeah. Um, um, I don't know how much a thousand bucks would get you, but you would oh, definitely three hundred more dollars. That's yeah. pretty much the way it works if you yeah. only do a thousand. Yeah. So it's to me that's not even worth it to me. Yeah. It's like the world's scariest savings account, <laughs> with the world's least reliable bank. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, but not for probably not for a game like Pillars too, but I, I man, definitely see what you're saying. There is no fucking sure thing in video games. I Truth. feel that way very much because with the amount Truth. of stuff that's out. It does not matter. Like, I saw that article, I think it was Kotaku, that had a link to the Laser League guys that were thinking it's really hard to release a game in a post-Battlegrounds environment. Like, they thought that that's why their multiplayer game didn't do good, which I don't think is right at all. <laughs> but I think it's that it's well, just... I don't. I feel like it's, A, your game... Maybe your game wasn't as good as you think. B, like, there are just so many games out competing for people's Yeah, I don't attention. think it's just Battlegrounds. It's just I think there are just so many games. It's extremely difficult for anything multiplayer right now to, to get any attention. Yeah. And the IP doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like, you know, just uh, single player stuff too. Like, I feel like it's just hard to get attention in a world with so many games. Yeah, that, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm happy that there are some crowdfunding solutions to give me games like Pillars 2, which is a single player party based RPG, you know? Yeah. Um, the, uh, actually, I think it does have multiplayer. Speaking of games, I, I would have to look into it. The I can't are remember. coming out theoretically. Do we want to talk E3? Do we have time? Yeah, we have some time to talk about E3. 
E to the threes. I have I know nothing about what's coming out so of E three except I wanted the to Walmart do the, leaks. A little few E three predictions ahead of time. I feel because like there's a reason this kicked off. I think. Well, yeah, it was the Walmart stuff. Yeah. So at least in part. A couple of days ago. Someone at Walmart Canada made a boo boo. <laughs> they hit publish on all of their unpublished SKUs. Oops. Uh, yeah, so there are placeholder pages for a bunch of stuff. Some of which is stuff we know, like Division Two. We know there's a Division Two. Yeah. Like Ubisoft has announced that there's a thing, like a, a thing. Uh, yeah. WWE 2K19. I'm pretty sure we knew about that. I mean, that's yeah. They make one of those um, every year. Beyond Good and Evil 2, we knew about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although the idea that they're going to put up a skew for that already is fucking ambitious. You know, Assassin's Creed <laughs> Origins DLC, you know, we probably knew about that. Uh, Rage 2, we probably knew. Wait a second. No, I didn't know about that. Yeah, Rage 2? <laughs> that is so weird. I, I figured that was a dead IP. Uh, Rage 2, sequel yeah. to 2011's Banger. <laughs> so that's what it's been Rage. working on since Doom. Huh. I'm sure that it was concurrent in sure. some degree with Doom. With a smaller team or something. It's just yeah. so weird to me. Because um, yeah, I don't stuff. remember that game doing well at all. Uh, some of this stuff is no-brainers. Like Forza Horizons mm. 5 is on this list, sure. which is clearly a mistake. Because <laughs> uh, the last Forza Horizons Traveling was 3. <laughs> uh, Forza Horizon 4 is pretty much a given this year. Mm. Although I will be interested to see whether or not... Um, I don't know. We can just roll into predictions, I yeah. guess. Do we have emails about it? Yes, we do. Okay. We took some of your letters. Uh, some of it's not necessarily game stuff, but just like ideas for me three. So yeah, no, just, go for it. Uh, Mr. Lemo writes in and says, do you see either Microsoft or Sony committing towards a Netflix-like service only for first-party published games, a.k.a. only available on subscription with no buy-at-once price? It seems like it is more and more a financial risk to make big budget AAA games, and I figured they might see more success of going the Netflix route, especially with Microsoft, as no. I believe they've acquired many smaller no. studios. No, I think they're both happy with their monthly offerings and selling I, selling yeah. it for upfront, and then maybe getting a sub. There's already like an example of why that would be a colossal mistake, which is that Sea of Thieves drew like a ton of interest in Games Pass trials, and also sold a lot of fucking copies. Like, people bought it as well mm. as signed up for Game Pass trials to play that game. And then I canceled my Game Pass trial. Um, you <laughs> can like, sign up for it again game. to play State of Decay. <laughs> That'll probably buy. Um, but why? Well, because I'm going to want to play it for longer than two weeks. What about a month or two months or three months? The game's 30 bucks. So, and Games Pass is what, 10 bucks a month? Well, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I would buy the game. Right, I'm just saying that at a certain point game pass games pass could be cheaper but yeah there are still people who will buy it right 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 um so no i think that just like disney will let you rent a movie on various services but was also more than happy to sell you that movie oh like, sure yeah there are good reason or like there are lots of movies on netflix that are also available to buy digitally like there's no reason for them not to let people buy it if they want to buy it i'm sure though that like uh maybe not directly to his point but it, there's also uh the idea that like games pass could become popular enough to fund games by itself um, I think is reasonable um, or is something that Microsoft is at least hoping for. I think that there is. So one thing I will say is that it does seem to me like there is potential for some kind of like project mm-hmm. that is game pass exclusive. Mm-hmm. 
um, maybe episodically, and then they release like a full version at some point, mm. which would be really stupid because you know, like there's no like purchase interest left in a compilation like that. I mm. think like people are over it. Mm-hmm. People don't like buying late ports of things, which is what it would feel like. But, mm-hmm. um, like that seems like a possibility, but I think there will be game pass news at the C3. I think Sony is looking at the way that Microsoft is doing it closely to see if there's anything worth doing. Taping. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, Microsoft's like the way that licensing and authorization works for titles is like way, way ahead on Microsoft's platforms and what Sony is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, just like the most basic example is the way that retail versus download games work on PS4 versus Xbox, which is that like, if you put a disc in an Xbox one and play the game and then take the disc out, you can just buy a license and not have to reinstall it. Whereas on PS4, right, right. you have to just download the, the game all over again. Ah, uh, um, okay. Like they, and there's like lots of game trial stuff that Xbox is doing. Mm. Um, that seems like it's sort of ahead of where Sony is at with their account management and licensing. I see. Um, which isn't to say that Sony can't do it. I just don't think they're there yet. Sure. Um, Let's see. Wait, first name only. Oh, never mind, never mind. I'm not going to read that. It's all right. <laughs> Can you just read the question, not the name? No, it wasn't even a question. Oh. It was more just about our spoiler stuff. Oh, Jesus. Oh, about the spoiler we did last week? Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, big yeah. spoiler. The spoiler about Infinity War? Yeah. Or about God of War? Probably Infinity War because we had such a giant spoiler discussion about it. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Any more E3 emails? Um, here's one from a long-time listener, Keith Hayward. That name's familiar. Hey, yeah, Keith. He's, he's been listening for a long time. Uh, he says, I've tried to get you to say my website URL a couple of times, and while you politely skipped over it, I felt kind of bad. I was trying to be slick. <laughs> he says, I've gotten bad advice from you guys, but really proceeded with my own decision. No worries on that. <laughs> <laughs> he probably that sounds about a long right. time ago. Bad advice. It was Who probably knows? a relationship letter that he we says, gave terrible advice But the point on. of this letter is, why are you guys still podcasting? I couldn't keep up with a monthly schedule. But you guys have done into 300 plus episodes. And this isn't your job. It's not part of a new media website. And you never try and sell me shaving kits. <laughs> so why do you guys keep podcasting like you do? Glad I you're don't still at fucking it. know, man. We're waiting for someone to let us sell you shaving. Who has, <laughs> yeah. whose, whose website is henshinjustice.com. Henshinjustice. Okay, there you go. You, uh, you're, you're, you are, your, your dedication has now been rewarded. <laughs> it's a good excuse to get together once a week. Yeah, yeah. I think that's mostly it. That's, that's, that's what it is for me. It's mm-hmm. like, because... Uh, you know, it's like when when you guys are like, hey, we're doing Rebel on, you know, usually a Wednesday or a Thursday. We're doing it this day, this week. You know, my first thought every single time was like, oh, fuck, what do I have to move around so that I can make it? But then uh, the, my second thought is that, okay, once I move stuff around and figure out, you know, what I need to do so that I can make it to Rebel, I'm going to be very happy that I did. Because I always... It's like a big stress relief thing for me in the middle of the week. It's group, if, it's group therapy. Exactly. If I was a sim, you know, my social meter would be filled. 
after our sessions because like i said earlier i i don't go out much because i'm always trying to save money for various uh personal reasons um and you know it's it's uh it's the equivalent of like i don't know fucking boys bowling night in the 80s (laughs) it's just something that i need to do so that i can uh extricate myself from the rest of my life every yeah, once in a it's, while it breaks it is still routine but it breaks up a little bit of the routine of work home work home work home exactly and you know like the stuff that happens around the podcast is you know we all get to complain at each other about our the rest of our lives also people listen that helps that does oh, help yeah. like i don't like yeah, I don't want to sort of discount the fact that the reason one of the major reasons that we still do it is that like tens of thousands of people listen to it every week. I was just looking it up today. We had four downloads from Bolivia. What? We had one download from the Republic of Congo. Wow. <laughs> so so that's um, five out of our seven listeners. Where do the other two come from? Uh, I like it's just like you talk about like having a hard time sticking to a month schedule. Like if if you feel like no one is paying attention then it's harder to make yourself do something. Definitely. Bigger in Saudi Arabia than we are in China, I can tell you that much. (laughs) We're not a Chinese podcast. We might be censored in China, who knows? Uh, Yeah, Um, that's true too. (laughs) Like, if we don't do an episode, we hear about it, first of all. (laughs) I hear about it. I don't know if you hear about it. I feel like you or I are the ones that hear about it if we don't do an episode. People ask me, where's that? I'm like, oh. Go bug but, Arthur. Uh, <laughs> it's like go bug your dad. I'll hear I'll hear about it in your Discord, Anthony. Like uh, uh, people will be like, "Hey, any show this week?" They're polite about it, but they always ask. I mean, it's it's like that is the privilege, right? That like a lot of people listen. Yep. And so that creates a sense of momentum and obligation to do it, but not so much obligation that we feel like it's mandatory. Right, and I think that's one thing that's been able to keep us doing it is that it's like. Well, James is gone this week. Uh, well, you know, before it was Arthur's at an event. Now it's like, you know, Arthur has like a whole week of art he needs to get done for the end of his quarter or whatever. And like if it ends up that two or three of us are just too busy that week, we'll take a week off. And yeah. we're not like destroying anybody's bottom line by doing that. And part of that is because we're not selling shave kits. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. And people ask us about like patron stuff and it's like... The, we've thought about it i feel like that would generate a level of of obligation and i'd do it if i could promise you we'll give you one podcast a month and everything else <laughs> <laughs> it just like presents like this exactly. feeling of obligation from us and a sense of entitlement from the people who pledge whether they know it or not that leads to resentment and well some of it's out. some of it's uh, a righteous sense of entitlement they're paying for something you know so right. if you don't deliver on something that they're paying for then you know that's on you and you know we and we have occasionally taken two weeks in a row off those have been rare but we've occasionally had happened. to do it yeah. um and you know if we had a patreon or if we were really trying to sell ads against this then that probably wouldn't be something that we would feel comfortable doing. And frankly, I think it's the ability that we don't have, that we have that ability to take some time off. That's kept it going for so long as such a casual thing. And because we have people like Will that write in and ask us questions. Hey, Will. He said, this is the inevitable battle royale question. Mm-hmm. And he says, how many BR style games will get stage time this year across all the big conferences? Mm, stage time. My guess is at least one per show with the exception of Nintendo. I think Sony will have Fortnite on their stage. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's no way you don't mention it, right? Like, um, 
and battle player unknowns will probably be on stage at Microsoft. I wonder if we will see pub on Sony's stage this year. Hmm. Um, or if Microsoft has like really locked that shit down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I won't be surprised. I mean, I feel like a battlefield one is probably so likely. battlefield hmm. seems likely because that's already like the highest player count in like a mainstream. Shooter. And then will will anyone show Call of Duty this year? Sony will. Sony will show Call of Duty. I'm very curious to see what's left of Black Ops after <laughs> whatever the fuck happened to their single player campaign. Yeah, really. Um, I think that we'll see stuff from indie developers as much as we'll see anything from AAA from people who think that they can crack into the market. But I think that there are a few companies who feel like they can exploit the trend and leverage their way into it like Activision. But otherwise, I think most developers look at that shit and say, there's no way we can compete there. Right. And like the, you know, the, the one that got the, uh, a push, a streamer push today, an influencer push today was uh, Darwin Project. But right. I don't see that actually showing up on anybody's uh, press, press thing, presser. Um, you know, it's like the, I'm going to be more curious to, to see battle Royale modes, just like how many places people are going to try to shove them into other games. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure battlefield will see something called yeah. like Activision has essentially said that call of duty will have something to that effect. Yeah. Um, makes sense. I don't think we're getting a halo this year. We talked about that already. Uh, you don't think we'll even see it though, even an announcement or something about halo. I think some kind of trailer without any kind of release date. Did that Walmart also include a Gears of War thing? I thought it yeah, did. Yeah, Gears of War 5 was on the list. Hmm. Which, you know, that could be this year, I guess. I don't... I. That would be cool. I guess. I feel like... I mean, there's about that much time between Gears 1 and 2, right? It was pretty fast turnaround between the two. It was two years. years. So. Uh, and Gears 3 was originally supposed to be fall of 2000. 10 mm-hmm. and got delayed out of it so it is possible yeah i guess it is possible that we could get a new gears yeah year. i just feel like they should take their time with it i don't even remember how the last one ended i'm like is there where would it go now i don't remember i don't i guess i don't remember how it ended that was the statute of limitations up on spoilers yeah it is the locust <laughs> comeback is that what it was yeah okay like i think that there's a suggestion that the queen might be alive right right okay yeah i'm back <laughs> it ends with the big mech battle stuff which that, that i remember i remember having the spinning blade on my mech yeah yep, the helicopter yep. thing but yeah that's that's yep. about the extent of what i remembered yeah it's just like nobody nobody really explains why the locust were encased in amber instead of really destroyed no it says why they were encased in amber instead of being destroyed yeah it says that like once they introduced like that virus into the the ecosystem like all of them fell down and like the these cocoons started forming over them it oh, says it okay. in the game. So to gotcha. pay attention. I must at. have missed that. I played through that game twice too. <laughs> but I was playing in co-op with different people, so we were probably talking over the in-game. Uh Splinter Cell is on that list that Yay! And there's yay! been little tidbits dropped like Sam Fisher and Ghost Recon, mm-hmm. like the weird shit at the Ubisoft office, like with the Splinter Cell standee that we talked about on the show a few yep. weeks ago. Like, Ubisoft is going to make a new Predators game linked to the new Predators movie coming out. Jeez. Are they? Uh, one thing no, I saw... No, but there was also oh. Predator and Ghost Recon, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, it's uh, all the hits uh, of their new lineup. <laughs> There's a listing on that, that ad 
like there's listings for Assassin's Creed Origins stuff, which I expected. There's also like listings for just a game that says Assassin's Creed. Well, wouldn't you I still expect like, the new Assassin's Creed to be announced maybe for next year? No. No? No. Because they didn't announce Origins like two Ahead years of early. Time. They announced it that year. Hmm. I still haven't finished Origins. Um, Do you think we'll see that toy game that Ubisoft showed last year? Will that be one of those ones that just goes away? I don't know. That's a good question. There's remember, a bunch did, of stuff. Remember there U- was like one year we went to Ubisoft press conference. I feel like you and I both did and they showed like a laser tech thing and then that never came yeah. out. Yeah. But they like had people <laughs> in the audience shooting each other and stuff. Yeah, and wasn't that know. Nerf? No, it was, it was maybe no, but it was, it was like a Nerf. Nerf laser tag. Or but something? I remember they kind showed of. it was like really fucking weird, and we're like, okay, and then that just right, quietly Ubisoft, disappeared. You way to misread the audience. Here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, they're also like that Assassin's Creed Black Flag pirate game spinoff thing. It still has Skull to come and out. Bones. Skull yeah. and Bones. Um, the Division Two has been announced already. Yeah, um, that's yep, a yep. gimme. So yeah, uh, Forza Horizon Four. It seems like a like a. Of certainty, I wonder if they're gonna going to formally announce the new Fable game. I can see the Division uh, Two having a VR mode, a small VR mode. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I. Mm, I do um, a smaller scale one. It's just hard because so many of these games just do not have the fucking net code. Yeah, for that kind of experience. Oh, I just mean even. A, I mean, like Darwin Project is a like twelve player or sixteen player VR. Like it goes very fast and it's very different. I can see them doing a mode mm. where it's last man standing. That's all. But like that literally makes it a last man standing just by being last right. man standing. I just feel like you you aren't taken seriously as that kind of thing unless it's like the huge player count because the huge player count is like part of the appeal. Yeah. Um, I do have a very important question about Division Two though. Yeah. Are you going to be able to close derelict car doors? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm in. Sold. Um, and you'll be able to watch that car rust over the years. <laughs> I wonder if Trees will characters will, will move from one game to the other. That's like the thing with these games of service games that get like re- retail releases and sequels, like whether or not how they deal with progression from one game to the next. Like the way Destiny handled it is curious. How you just start over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they really have to contrive a way to Metroid you in that game. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, so yeah, there's that. There's also Rage Two, um, which no one asked for. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would have it. settled for the second half of the first Rage game that wasn't there. At the end of it. <laughs> I would have thought maybe a new Quake game, but like a strong story Quake game. But uh, they did Quake the Hero Shooter. Remember? Yes. Did that ever release properly? It was in beta. I don't know. That game. I feel like all these companies try to do like hero shooters really quickly after Overwatch and miss the boat because then it suddenly became Battle Royale that mm-hmm. everyone was doing. Yeah, I feel like Bethesda had a couple of missed marks in that they had that and then they had that other game that was like a War hero cry or whatever. Yeah, or whatever it was and it was like It was their MOBA. Yeah. Oh, James, do you remember the name of that? It's like a first person MOBA. Yeah. I forget what it was called. It was like a Bethesda one that was like swords and guns. Oh, it was like steampunk looking. Yeah, yeah. Was it Battle Cry. Battle Battle Cry. Yeah, Battle because it's Battle Cry Studios as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. I I feel like Starfield has sort of been hinted at pretty aggressively. What is Starfield? Starfield, like there was like that big Reddit leak that people weren't sure to take seriously or not, but Starfield is like Fallout in space. Oh, like Fallout on another planet. Um, huh. 
and there was some confusion as to whether or not it would actually be like literally connected to the fallout games or right. not <laughs> like you got on one of the alien ufos and went to another planet and then destroyed uh, that one too or there was like spacefaring technology or something in the fallout mm. universe that they never really talked about or whatever i don't know huh. um but that seems likely i kind of wonder if they'll say anything about doom um yeah I could see a sequel to Doom. I'd play standalone DLC or even just DLC. I'm yeah, bummed me too. that we're not going to see anything else from Dishonored for a long time, if ever, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mark writes in and says, Mark, by the way, you put your signature at the end of your emails. Now I know where you live, area code wise. <laughs> Call you up right now, live on the air. <laughs> he says, uh, What do you think the chances are that EA starts including their new releases? With EA Access, like Microsoft's doing Games Pass. I doubt it'll happen, but I thought I'd ask to get your thoughts. Really excited for PVZ GBW3. And it would be <laughs> cool if it was included. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't write this. Ar- Arthur is looking... Ar- yeah, Arthur ah. was looking through uh, his hand, which was making you a circle. You don't think EA will follow the Microsoft route in that sense? No, I think they're doing chance. what they want to, which is to give people trials to try to get them to play and then add games that like are six months later they can keep their boost booster player boost and it also yeah. put in some free-to-play stuff exactly so like you have mm. the free-to-play hooks that it ships without for the first six months and then you add the microtransactions once you make it what are you doing james part of the subscription um <laughs> uh, james is always super bored when we're reading letters he doesn't care what our listeners have to here's say. a non-e3 one but i thought it was interesting <laughs> he says uh I love you, james he says michael says i've been listening since the one up but he says on last week's episode, or maybe it was the week before, Matt talked about Dead in Finland. Yeah. Which he says, uh, he figured it was set somewhere in Finland, but it is not. Oh. He says, I'm actually from Finland. Oh. Turns out, over 500 years before Christopher Columbus or John Cabot sailed to America, the Vikings, led by Leif Erikson, landed in, I'm going to fuck this up, Leon's Os Meadows, mm-hmm. Newfoundland. We say Lance O Meadows, and sure. Newfoundland is pronounced understand. Uh, and started a settlement and called the area of Vinland. And he says, so the game sounds super cool and I might have to check it out. So basically he's saying it's actually a Leaf Erica's oh, story. It is. Oh, okay. And, and, and about I this area. I didn't make that connection at all. And he says, hate all. to spoil the story, cool. but it doesn't end up well for Leaf. There's not many Vikings around these days. <laughs> right. If no, I recall I correctly, the There's weather... not many lots of things around <laughs> these days. He says, if I recall correctly, weather and the native Beothic people made life hard for the settlers, probably the asshole barbarians Matt talks about. (laughs) Well, except that the asshole barbarians are like giant white guys, which doesn't make them seem like natives. Well, but, but I mean, the area he landed in was Newfoundland. So the natives were probably white people still like, I think in that new, in that Newfoundland area. No, no, there were no white people until, well, until first, you know, Leif Erikson came over, and then until like the European invasion of the New Maybe World. Maybe I'm I'm thinking of a different spot where he crash landed. But like, if if this is like you know supposed to be kind of allegorical to that whole thing, that 100 percent makes sense. So yes, thank you for filling me in. That's awesome. I need uh, to play more of that game. It got I got sidetracked. With, I see because uh, this this originally would have been like Canada somewhere. Yeah. Ah. Got it. Yeah. Then they wouldn't have been white. <laughs> First peoples, I think, is what they're called in Canada. But yeah, the the barbarians that you're running into in the game, at least right off, they're all like, they look like they were Vikings that got there before you. Um, and that's going to do it. 
That's going to do it. Has any last minute E3 predictions? I don't. Have- any wild cards out of left field? Weird ones? I think we'll see some fairly big things with online services at the show. I don't think we'll see any new MOBAs announced. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty pretty big wild card, Anthony. Thanks for that. You think we'll see any hero shooters? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just can't really... Th- I'm sure there will be, you know, lots of neat little indie games that we'll see trailers for that will lead us to have no idea what they're actually like. You think we'll see indie games on Sony's stage this year? Yeah, but I think that... Keeping in mind that we didn't last year. We'll see a quick little montage or something, maybe. Actually, now that you, as I said that, I was like, you're right. We didn't at all last year. I think that depends how many first-party things they have to yeah. announce. Yeah. And whether they want that. Because the last year, they had a ton of stuff to announce because they didn't have anything coming out. You know, now that you say that, one thing that I could actually see them doing is making some kind of uh, PSVR push. Because uh, it just dropped in price again, didn't it? I think we will see like two psvr games on stage of that thing and like nothing else yeah i shouldn't say big push but they they will definitely make some kind of like they'll put some sort of psvr game in well, their press show that PSVR nobody knows anything about i think we'll finally get a date for the sony ben game like it will have a date said it either. yes it will have a date put on it i mean it, i don't think we'll get a date no no all right. <laughs> they just—I thought they just did the Game they Informer. They said it will be out before Last of Us Two. Oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't know. Again, we didn't know when God of War was coming out until a couple. Of what do you think? It was I've heard out. some people. True. I think the Giant Mom guys were saying that they were batting around the idea that uh, that they'll just put out what's it called? The uh, Crackdown. Crackdown. Just it'll be hey now it's out during the show. Like hey we're oh, moving yeah. it. You know we're gonna get rid of it. I've heard people talk about like. Xbox Live is going away. You're going to be able to play games for free. But now we're going to move into if you want to get your free games or a month, it's Games Pass now. That's our new thing. It's we're going to the Games Pass. Saying on Giant Bomb. And then part of that will be Crackdown, and it's here right now. It's on Games Pass. Go get it. Uh, I think that there has been some chatter about changes in Xbox Live and the way the Games Pass works. I mean, it makes less sense to have charge for multiplayer when it I can makes play no a, fucking when sense. I can play <laughs> I can play Sea of Thieves on my PC and it doesn't cost me a thing then I go to play uh-huh. my console and it does like yeah. PSN is one thing because like there's no way to play those fucking games for free on PSN but like I could literally cancel my Xbox Live Gold subscription and fucking play Halo Wars 2 against people online on my PC yep. that yeah. are on Xbox One yep it doesn't make any fucking sense yeah. nope and I it, it's not that it doesn't make any fucking sense it makes a hundred percent shitty financial sense because it's a <laughs> fortune. Yeah, but I think if you're in second place and you're looking for a good win, that's a good one to have. I think yeah. that they're looking for ways to improve their optics and set up the a sense gen. of goodwill prior to the launch of next that's generation. Ex- yeah, you know those uh, those giant bomb guys are pretty smart. We should probably listen to their podcast. Instead I of doing think one. that a lot of people are hearing some some more things about stuff that's happening at E3. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, do you I, think? Do you think they announce any new versions of consoles? Not new consoles, just new versions of them. Oh sure, there'll totally be like, like special colors or whatever. Like I, I will see our first like. Not like a different form factor of a pro. It's still the pro, but it's the no. pro slightly shaped differently. Uh, I don't think that we're on a point where they can manufacture on a different process cheaply enough to make a smaller pro. Like the pro is already like an extremely loud hot just, machine. I've been debating. <laughs> 
because I play so many games at my garage, getting a second set. I think that there will be price cuts announced for some things. All right, I'll wait. I'll wait I think you should wait until after E three before. If you're looking at buying any any gaming hardware, you should fucking wait. That's, yeah, it's always E3. if you're within two months of the show, just wait. Just don't. If you, I mean, if you if you absolutely have to have a console, what the fuck ever. Like the most you're going to save is fifty to hundred bucks, and if you have to have a console, chances are that doesn't matter to you. What about if you're going to be bothered by fifty to hundred dollars in discount? Wait. And, <laughs> and before we close, any last minute Nintendo Direct uh, thoughts that you think we'll see? There'll be uh, surprise. There, there'll be footage of Metroid Prime. Um, Smash probably. Smash, Smash for sure. See, Smash is in the Walmart leak. Metroid Prime is in the Walmart mm-hmm. leak. Um, do you think they'll do more uh, more Labo? Nintendo Labo. Labo seems like it's kind of done pretty bad. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's already some pretty steep price cuts uh, online, and you it see, sold like, absolutely abysmally in Japan. Gotcha. Well, that just shows you the kind of people that are in my timeline because it's like it's all over my timeline. Well, yeah, like people but people in our timeline like their... all sorts of shit that flops. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's true. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. If our timeline was indicative of what's successful, like Dishonored would have been the best selling game of the year, followed by Prey. Dishonored, uh-huh. those would have been true, and Clinton would be president. But none of those, three, none of those <laughs> things, things are true. Are true, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, SJW's ruining the world. I. Like other Nintendos, I assume that Nintendo will just pick a game and focus on it. Like I wonder if Smash Brothers will just Smash be their Brothers. Game the one I've E3. heard is just going to be their or Metroid might be that. their game of E3. Although I doubt that because I really super don't think that game is coming out this year. Hmm. Uh, I would like to be excited about some new Nintendo game that's not something I played before. Because like you know Treasure Tracker, uh, I'm like I bought that once, but I'm kind of. I think we'll see a lot. Like it'll be a fucking E3 of Switch ports. Yeah, from definitely Wii U. And 3ds. I do have a small wonder if we're gonna get, if we're gonna get a Fortnite Switch announcement. Uh, I think hmm. that rumor has been like aggressively pursued, and that people were working on it, but they just can't. They're having problems making it work. Hmm. I mean, I just feel like if it can work on a mobile phone, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Work on a Switch. It. I mean, because the Switch phones, is basically a mobile device. The Switch is basically like a three-year-old mobile device. I mean, True. Which is what I played on, I play Fortnite on a 6s. Which is pretty old at this point. So, yeah, it uh, works. Success yeah. is still newer hardware than what is inside of a Switch. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the, uh, the Switch has that Tegra from whatever year. Uh, like, early... To, it was GDC 2015 when the Tegra was announced. And it was already, like, kind of a weird hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. It was for set-top boxes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll get Mario Tennis and stuff like that, but I would like there to be something that's totally unexpected. All right, Mario Tennis will be the. I I don't know. Like I don't I don't know if like there will be a big like singular defining game on the Switch this year because um, they kind of held like every big game that should have been on Wii U for the first year <laughs> of the Switch instead. For sure. I mean, I'll say if you never played Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, that's a very good game. <laughs> if you're okay with a kick in the balls, <laughs> it is that. Um. I think whatever games we get announced from Microsoft, other than like if they're coming out with something this fall, we won't. We'll stop getting dates for things. Like they're just going to stop announcing dates or things, like or even seasons, because I think it's been pretty good for Sony. Like we talked about on the show before. Do you think recently. there's a chance we would see something new Fable related, or is that yes? Just done? I think we get okay. a Fable teaser. That makes me happy. Yeah. Like the rumor has been that Playground is has been given the green light to work on a fable game 
Mm. Um, nice. And also that Forza Horizon 4 takes place in Japan. Also, isn't cool. Square's having a press conference this year, right? Square's doing a Nintendo Direct-style video. All right. So some Tomb Raider, some Avengers yeah. Project, and then... Who yeah. I mean, I would be over the moon if there was something Deus Ex-related, but I don't think it's going to happen. That would be really cool. Yeah, that studio is partially at least working on the Avengers Project, but who knows mm-hmm. if they're full? I don't know. So... Um, the... Um, I would like to see some more Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, that seems pretty pretty certain that we'll see that. Yeah. Where? CD Project Red. How, oh, yeah, we'll definitely see some Metro La- Metro whatever. I don't even know what it's Microsoft's called. Microsoft's press conference? Yeah. Uh-huh. I am, I, that's a game I would like to play. I liked the first two. So. Yeah, but so did I. Yeah. What? Wait, what? The Metro. Metro, games. Metro. Oh, Metro. I thought you were still talking about Cyberpunk. No, no, no. Metro, I think, will be there at Microsoft's press conference. Yeah, But I don't sure. think it's coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is not special knowledge. Like yeah. I've not heard special knowledge about that game. I just <laughs> assume that it will not be out this year. Right. Uh, Cyberpunk will probably be at the Microsoft press conference. Metro will probably be at the Microsoft press conference. Gotcha. Cool. Sounds good to me, man. Uh, yeah. There's also other games on this list that I have not heard of, like Insurgency. Uh, yeah. Well, the first one came out on PC as an early access shooter, very tactical. And then ever since they made that, which was multiplayer only, they've been working on this, which is supposed to be multiplayer with an actual campaign, is my understanding. Uh, That's like a 505 Games or something like that. uh, Destiny DLC, Destiny Expansion will be at the Sony press conference, I assume. I assume, yeah. Um, I mean, definitely. On the Walmart leak, this could be like a big moment in Microsoft's press conference that got spoiled. Final Fantasy VII Remake is listed for Xbox One. That is super weird. Um, How did that happen? Which Final Fantasy? Seven? Seven. Final oh, Fantasy the one that Seven Remake. All the yeah. the, from the press conference of Dreams from 2015, where they're like, everything that you want to happen is happening. That's right. <laughs> You'll never play any it's of here. it. But it's, it's all happening. Uh, Just Cause 4 is on the list. Uh, do you think we'll see a Shenmue update on the PlayStation stage? I don't know. Nah. Please don't. Uh, yeah, that that seems like it a, is coming out on everything now, though. I know, but Shenmue is like a game that like I loved too for the time, but that game is like virtually unplayable now. <laughs> and it's like the so far everything I've seen about the new Shenmue game seems like they don't have an idea of what Shenmue in our time should be. There's uh, a fairly big one on the list that we haven't talked about, which is Borderlands Three. Oh, oh yeah, that's nice. definitely a will play. Yeah, agreed. So. Um. Which it's listed for PS4 and Xbox One, which is a little surprising because part of me really thought that maybe Microsoft would just lock that shit down. Mm. But there was a little bit of there was a small piece of possible news this week that we didn't talk about, which is like there were suggestions of sales numbers for Xbox One leaked accidentally by EA during their investor relations call, which if true would just be like catastrophically bad. Really? Yeah, they were like behind million. Really, two two to one behind. Oh Jesus! Like more than like a forty million gap. Wow. Um, which I don't know that I believe. Believe, hmm. but if it's true, like that's even more of a disaster than I think people thought. I mean, still thirty hmm. million is still a lot of consoles. I guess, and like part of it is that you look at PS4 and like you take the Japanese numbers, which are like nine to ten million, right? Which Xbox mm-hmm. never has. Yeah, which Xbox will never, never will get. have. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, the apples I see. to apples comparison, if you're being really kind, is, like, subtract, like, the Japanese install base from that. Mm-hmm. But that's still, like, if that's the case, that is a fucking disaster, which 
looking in hindsight is completely understandable. What would have not been a disaster? Like uh, five to ten million gap, maybe. No, I I mean, the PS4 has been like runaway successful. Yeah, it's like maybe the most successful thing Sony has ever done. So like I don't know, forty five, fifty, mm-hmm. compared to the seventy three that Sony has announced. Yeah, like which is still a big gap. It is. Yeah, but it's not forty million. Right. It's not um, double. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's that's just more impetus for Microsoft to double down on this whole PC crossover thing. Too. I I don't I don't think that that's the case. I think that their case is like establishing like an understanding with the with their consumers that like whatever happens now, we are writing it out, and like whatever investment you make in our ecosystem now will be carried forward. Right. I will say that to Matt's point though, that a lot of people that at least I play games with, the only reason they got Sea of Thieves is because it was on PC. They're yeah, like, sure, I'll do it because it's here. Yeah, and it's interesting to me. So maybe that will be a good thing for them. And some of those people I know even updated to Windows 10 because they had to to get those games. Yeah. And they're like, "Fuck, I guess I'll do the upgrade too." <laughs> so they, you have to be a pretty contrary motherfucker to have a problem with Windows 10. <laughs> I, no, it's not even that. But for a lot of people, like I didn't for a long time just because I didn't want to bother. And then when I finally did a fresh install, I was like, "Ah, yeah, 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 yeah let's do it." So, I like Windows yes, 10. Yes, I have a physical handicap or something that has prevented me, and that's why I need Windows 10 for free. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Is that handicap an absence of morals? <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> like our president, I'm choosing to plead the fifth. <laughs> he won't even talk to somebody. <laughs> Whatever. I'll just know. say that this conversation never happened. We'll probably do another believe it. show talking about E3 proper. Like, if you have questions or predictions, oh, I'm for sure E3, that as more leaks and stuff in. come out. But yeah. this was a fun way to try oh. and throw some stuff out before everything was spoiled. And there's a date for the Battlefield reveal, apparently, which has been in Battlefield 1 and being teased. Well, I think Call of Duty's like next week, the reveal, right? Yeah, but like, so there's been like this locked door on one of the in new Battlefield DLC 1. maps in Battlefield 1 and there's like a pipe dripping water next to it and somehow these fucking weirdos figured out that it's Morse code and then it went to a website and then with that, a date the what? date and then you got in, into the they got through the door and then had to throw grenades down these pipes at like a certain interval it's like switches and shit yeah it's fucking hit. crazy like the the what they went through to figure so it to out. figure out the announced date for battlefield some, di- 2. some designer was like i have a weekend yeah <laughs> and uh i'm insane no i think we know the we're, we're pretty sure we know the game the name of the next battlefield which is battlefield v battlefield 5 v as in for victory as in world war 2 oh i see well which, I mean, this isn't even the fucking weirdest thing that people have found in Battlefield <laughs> 1. There's also the Megalodon, hmm. the giant shark. Hmm. Right. And, and in Battlefield 3, there were Faith's running shoes. Well, 2018 is the year of the Megalodon. There's a hot new Megalodon movie coming out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even know about that till I was sitting in the theater to watch Avengers yep. in Hawaii, mind you, where I'm swimming in the water every day watching this being like, fuck, this feels bad taste here. Like... <laughs> a megalodon movie with a fucking is Jason Statham in that movie? Yep. I feel like, yeah. Okay. So yep. it's just a remake of like Deep Blue Sea or any. There's uh, a Deep Blue Sea too. Fuck me. Fuck really? I am not, it's direct to video. <laughs> Shit. We need to we, we need to watch that. Yeah, but did fucking 
LL Cool J do an original song for it? <laughs> yeah, I don't seriously. Know. Do, do you have a cool bird that does Samuel Jackson get bit the fucking half in it? Somebody probably does. God, God that movie's good. It does. It's, and and it's I love that so... it ends. That movie ends with a girl that you think is the protagonist the whole time, but you kind of don't like her because she's kind of a jerk. Saffron Burroughs. And then she gets eaten, and you're like, huh. All you right. ate saffron. <laughs> right, right at the end, you thought that wasn't going to happen. All right, good on you. If you guys can, if you can find Vertical Limit, you should also go watch Vertical Why Limit. Why would you do that? That movie is bad. And that movie's it's great. I love it. I mean, it's, it's like terrible bad, huh? Terrible. Yeah. So oh, the no. joke that me and my like childhood friends had when watching that movie is we renamed the movie "How Thirsty Are You Now?" because that movie has a theme of anytime anyone consumes any liquid, mm-hmm. something fucking explodes. <laughs> <laughs> like it happens over and over I and over. I knew this is the movie you're talking about. <laughs> Jesus Christ! My only bad, my only bad movie recommendation to everyone is Titanic Two, which is about Titanic Two, which is about an investment company decides to build the sequel to the Titanic, <laughs> and they can't. They guarantee nothing bad can happen this time. But vertical limit, man. It's got Chris O'Donnell in it. Yeah, and Robin Tunney. Yeah. The movie's really dumb. Robin Tunney, or like her first big movie was The Craft. Like, she was the powerful, <laughs> least weird one in the craft. Like, the <laughs> main character. Like, the oh. straight person to Feruza Box crazy Yeah, we just shit. watched that, like, a year ago, me and my wife. Because it's on cable all the time. It's always on cable somewhere, and I will always Not watch it. Not to be confused it. with the girl that always looks super goth, no matter what she does. Yeah, that's Feruza Box. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she was also in End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Feruza Box? No, uh, Robin Tunney. Right, she was, she, she was his daughter. Not his daughter. Energy. She was the he. The she was the one. one raised by the Satanist to be the sacrificed. chosen one. Right, right, right. Uh, and then she was on The Mentalist, which was a show that ran for a really long time, which is quite. Is good. it about magicians? No, uh, no. It's about a profiler, a, a mentalist. Like he's like a con man slash like uh, magicians are kind hand, of con men hand, too. Like I guess hand sleight of hand. Kind of. Yeah, sleight of hand. Yeah, that's the best type of magic. Yeah. When me and my wife went to a magic show in Hawaii. It was one of those things. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like it, and I was like, I fucking loved it because it was that. It was all mentalist yeah. stuff where he was like, and I was sitting right in the front, and he's like, I'm gonna do it slow now, and I was like, Oh, you're so powerful, <laughs> oh, <you're> Jesus, <laughs> yeah, or the devil, yeah, it's, yeah. It's pretty. Some of it, I was like, mm, How did you do that? And the ladies behind me was just so into it, which made it so good. Oh yeah, <laughs> no. <gasps> Oh, no. She was like, she was like, no, how did he do that? Like, what is happening? Titanic two, everyone, go watch it. No, things can't go wrong. It's the sequel to the Titanic. All right, then I will throw in my my terrible movie recommendation: Robot Jocks. Ooh, is that even one. on anything? Excellent Probably one. not. America and Russia have a problem. No problem. Settle with a one-on-one robot fight. Yep. Robot Jocks was crashing. Should we leave the what? Korean missile thing? Stop no motion animation. Too, <laughs> yep. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Didn't that also have Michael Ironside? I feel like it might have. Anyways, what was that? Maybe. What was Maybe. that robot fighting movie with? Uh, Robot Jocks. Hugh Jackman. Hugh <laughs> Jackman. Real Steel. Real Steel. Oh, yeah. Another movie which was surprisingly not bad. Yeah. <laughs> there was also like an Xbox Live game made about that. Yeah. Really? Huh. Uh, a movie that's not as actively bad, but not amazing, but funny that just came out was Game Night. Game oh, Night's I haven't out. seen that yet. I've heard good I've things, heard that's though. that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Cool. Well, thanks All for right. playing, everybody. Love uh, y'all. You send your letters at letters.eatjustleep.com. I'm We've Chuff got like Money another on. 25 minutes of outtakes after this, too. So I'm Chuff Money on Twitter, in. as well as on Twitch. You watch me stream. Uh, I'm there all the time with Matt Chandrenay, who also streams at Matt Chandrenay. Yeah. And is at Talking Orange on Twitter. Arthur is A-E-G-I-E-S everywhere. 
Well, except Instagram, where he is pragmatic. But he also streams at that same name, A-G-A-E-G-I-E-S. James, a lot of the dotes. Sometimes he streams art. I'm sorry, I'm just transfixed by the cover to Vertical Limit. <laughs> which has Bill Paxton and Scott Glenn. Yeah. In hero position on the cover. As Don't well as Scott the world's Glenn's. worst Photoshop lens flare. <laughs> you can find James, who loves Vertical Limit. I love Vertical Limit. At James <laughs> underscore... Oh shit! That, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> the cover. Oh god. That you, lens flare. Though. Yeah. From no, a distance, it looks like they're all in Star Trek uniforms. It's Rest cold. Peace, Bill Paxton. <laughs> on, the, on the mountain. Oh. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Love you. Like, subscribe, whatever. Bye. <laughs>
Yeah. They got a son. They, one of their kids is named John Paul after the Pope. After the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Are these the Borbas? No. That's pretty dang it's Catholic. The Sousas, another, another Portuguese another, family. Another Portuguese Who had three name. boys and was like, oh, with three boys, one of them will definitely be a priest. That was like <laughs> a literal thing they were thinking. <laughs> yeah, the Catholic girl that I dated in high school, her dad was on the Knights of Columbus. So mm-hmm. it was this guy, John Souza, yeah. and not only that, but he was whatever you could be in the church that was as high up as you could be as a married man. Like, oh, because wow. he was literally going to be the priesthood and then met his wife. Is that like a deacon? It's something like that where he could still Might be do deacon. some ministerial stuff, but he could never, like, but he could he be a bang. He can't do the sacrament. Yeah, right. If he was married. So, yes. I mean, Joseph's parents, I remember. He told me his dad was like, yeah, when I met her, you know, I knew I wanted to marry her, but we couldn't get married for a while. So she got an apartment and I just got the apartment next door to her so they could not, you know, live together, but he could just live right next door. <laughs> How awkward. I knew this she because he sold my dad. and feel guilty about it. Yeah, exactly. I knew this because he sold my dad his gun. At some point he was like, I want to get rid of my gun. I only bought it when we lived next door because years ago I thought I could keep her safe. Wow. And so my dad now bought. I know that I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he just wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. And I think he was like, I'm either going to sell it to your dad or give it to the police station. Right. Should have just given it to the police station. <laughs> uh, is there an ETA on the food? Did it give an estimate? Usually Shandong is very fast. 645, 655. All right. We can start. I assume. Well, I mean, I'm recording now. Oh, okay. We haven't said anything incriminating, thankfully. I do need you to speak into the proper part of the fucking mic. I am. My friend Joseph, he was writing for a show. I forget what show it was. Some USA show for a while. Mm-hmm. And then he was working on a couple of video game ad- adaptations. and Of the same show? No. Oh. Of a game that I probably I don't think I should probably say on here. Probably not, no. He's done that. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't want someone else to steal his idea. He was working on a video. Oh, well, this was actually contracted like okay. for the people. Yeah. And he was working on an adaptation of a book called Red Rising. Hmm. And then he was doing a rewrite of a script that Keanu Reeves was doing for like a Civil War movie, I want to say. Well, should you talk about that? Like, can you get, is it good to get into that if I'm recording it? Do I have to stop recording? As far as I know, none of that is off the record. But there's off the record and then there's like stirring shit. I don't think any of that stirs it. Okay. Just making sure. I could be wrong about any of this too. I'll say that. My friend tells me vague details, and I have a bad memory if you haven't figured that out. <laughs> I'm saying, like, you never know when a cop might be listening, is what I'm saying. Oh, a cop? No, no, no. Yeah, anything that I would talk about that's uh, cop-relevant is way past the statute We have literally of tens of thousands so. of listeners. There's got to be it's at least fine. a couple of cops in there somewhere. Any it's guns fine. my dad's ever purchased, he's always done legally. Oh, I, I, I don't doubt that. I, I wasn't referring to that. My so. mom just sold a bunch of guns legally when she moved. Moved, dad, out, moved out of the place that my grandparents built in 1952. My dad always asks me if I want any of his guns when he dies. <laughs> and I'm always like, not really. Like That's, that's a like, big responsibility. Maybe the M1 Garand. And if mm-hmm. I took the M1 Garand, I would probably have it like whatever the weapon equivalent of incapacitated is. Like to where it's like... You just a, have to take out the firing pin, right? It's like... A, yeah, but I'm saying permanently done. So, uh, to where it's like it can no longer ever fire... And then it would literally just be decorative, a display piece. Mm. A display piece, yeah. Yeah, my mom had some very old guns, like my grandpa's twenty-two that he got when he was twelve, when they used to walk to school every day. And then, like this is when my grandpa was, you know, kid in Illinois. And on the way home, uh, he and he and his sister and 
can't remember if he has a younger brother too, but they were uh, they were encouraged to like shoot a pheasant or something on the way home for dinner. That's, so yeah, that's all the kids. Yeah, living. Yep, all the kids used to walk to the schoolhouse, put their twenty twos in the corner, have school, <laughs> and on the way home, pick up their guns and walk home. It's a. I feel like there should be an exhibit in the Smithsonian. Yeah, you know, I've seen ones where they do things like they put a, a bag of groceries, and they're like, "Here's a twenty pound bag of groceries," and then next to it is a. T- what 20 pounds of groceries feels like to a 75 year old and you're like oh jesus christ it's just like <laughs> yeah, they're really. set aside with how bad your muscles will be yeah and uh, i feel like they should have an exhibit that's like here's where you can put on a bag and a replica of an m1 to feel like what it would have been like to hold the gear of a world war ii soldier because <laughs> the one time i ever held an m1 a loaded Dude. m1 it's yeah. i was i was like i can't believe humans used to run with this thing <laughs> let alone fire it it's like i mean not well yeah, it was, but it's just like all wood and steel. It's like, mm-hmm. it is like a 40-pound thing. It's like crazy. I mean, it's probably not 40 pounds, but when I held it, I was like, this is bonkers. I mean, that's where all the modern rifles are like polymers and, yeah, totally. and, and, and lightweight it, metals. It like, gives yeah. you a different respect for these dudes that were just like random guys out there wearing like canned food on their back and stuff like well, that. Well, it's, it's, it's why like, bayonets still made sense even in World War II is because, you know, a gun that's that heavy is hard to pull up and aim, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, but just, the uh, the um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to to think about you know like the different types of frontier lives where like the uh, you know parts parts of American culture where guns actually did make sense and just weren't a big deal, and that you didn't you weren't worried about like any of these kids walking to school were going to shoot their classmates. You know, yeah. it just like wasn't in people's like psychological vocabulary. Had to worry about bears. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Principal Smith had to get out there with his shotgun and scare off that bear that showed up on campus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing. Yep. It's a did weird you, thing. Did you see the This is America video yet? No. Did you? Yeah. Did you? The Childish Gambino one? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I feel like I should make you watch that video right now. I've seen a lot of images from him. I'm sure I'll watch it at some point. I just Actually, haven't. We can watch it. We have time. Like, it's we have, really good. Food is coming I'm soon. I'm sure it's good. Uh, where's the remote? It's over here. I mean, I don't really care that much. I can't believe I caught that. I can't <laughs> believe the back fell out of it. <laughs> and the batteries. Yep. My mom also had a, uh, a pump-action shotgun that she was able to sell for about $700. And she, uh, she's hanging on to my great-grandma's stove pistol. Um, which I actually think I've talked about on the show. Before. Yeah, I think you have. I remember yeah. you talking about that. Yeah, and her, and she's hanging on to her old twenty two practice rifle. Honestly, sometimes when I see things that people want to shut up about, it makes me not want to watch it. That, yeah, that's, so the the trick is to watch it before people won't shut up about it. <laughs> that's <laughs> there that's was no the there was no period of that for that video. Uh, the reaction that oh. I found that was interesting is a lot of the black women that I follow on Twitter were. Uh, have a lot of like not nice things to say about uh his former twitter presence that and his apparent uh expression of dislike for black women in general yeah i think that i don't know it's hard for a group of for three and a half white people to really get into that (laughs) yeah it's true but i i think i'm just saying i saw that expressed in a lot of places there's room for evolution i'm gonna stop now i work in video and motion graphics which means i can't listen to music while i work i like this is one of the the main things about spotify that i actually like is that like 
if you've listened to enough stuff, you its curation will function in a in a better way. And every week there's a discover playlist, which is yeah. like pulled from the genres that you like and like things that are adjacent to it based on sort of tags and and like algorithms and shit like that. I also, also just haven't really gone out of my way to listen to like hip hop on my own in a long but there may be stuff that's sort of like tangentially connected to stuff that you like that could get thrown in there with it and like also there's like daily mixes like sort of split across genres where it will throw in things that maybe you haven't heard before and like there's a weekly release radar playlist that like goes through your preferences and finds new stuff and like tries to connect like enough to make like a two hour playlist of new releases um it's not hard to listen to new music. Like it's actually super, it's not, it's not, it's not just like it's hard, like I'm pushing play is not a difficult it. thing, but that's not what I mean. I mean, you don't have to go really looking for it. Like there's enough interest in these, in streaming services to get you to listen to more stuff. I mean, you're not wrong. I don't even have Spotify downloaded on my computer. So yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like Spotify's interface, but the ubiquity across devices is nice. Like that. I can literally go, from my phone to my PC or to the from the PC yeah. to the Xbox or the Xbox yeah. to my phone or um, like Alexa or something yeah. like that like it just it just goes boom 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 yeah I think it's and it's not even I should clarify it's not even that I'm listening to old music that I like I just don't even listen to that much music anymore that's too bad that is the thing I just don't Didn't, do that often uh, old Crow Medicine show just have a new album come out they did um, but yeah I just don't do that much listening to music very regularly like I again with like Matt most of my work hours. I like keep something on in the background, usually a podcast talking or something that I cannot really pay attention. I don't know. I just don't, I just tend not to, I go through phases and lately is not the last few years have not been music phase. Yeah. It has to, the thing about like podcasts and even two part like streams is that I'm so focused on like communication stuff yep, that same. like that it, I, if there are people are talking, then that creates my way into my writing, and I'll be I'll like uh, write something that someone just said, and be like, that's not what I fucking was like. <laughs> that was not what I was thinking. No, I'll just be I'll just be in the middle of writing an email, and if I'm listening to a podcast, I said, oh, I can write this email real quick. If the podcast is still going on, I'll finish the email and realize that I missed the last two minutes of the podcast. You know? Yeah, I think generally I'm good at holding those two things separate. Like, yeah. there's very few instances where I can't listen to music and write like. One of those being the paper that I well, had to work on last. But it's not necessarily even like music, because like th- this is why I think the um, lo-fi uh, sound playlists have become super popular is because they very rarely have lyrics and they're mm-hmm. like very quiet and like th- they don't. It's not music that captures your attention. It's just there to like be. Yeah, I think it's just that I'm just at a different place right now where I'm not that I'm saying listen music is bad. Like I, mm-hmm. if anything, it helps you like what's going on in culture just i but honestly the thing that i work to nowadays more than anything like all day today i just kept a stream open in the background mm-hmm. and told them i wasn't watching it maybe like a fourth of the time yeah if uh, i have a stream on that doesn't have music in it then i'll also have music going ah uh, yeah i just i just had streams on so it's weird half the time when i was working on marvel heroes i was probably working to the sound of like ridiculously loud gunfire <laughs> <laughs> i was just like able to like i don't know yeah, I'm just like I'm either typing emails uh, or I'm editing video where I need to be listening to audio. Yeah, that's also a thing for like with streamers for me is like their music choice depends if I can listen to them. Like, oh. 
like streamers it comes down to music choice and who they play with that's who yeah. it comes down to with me well even for me like i i like um dota capitalist a lot because i like his music choices because it's a lot of the same stuff that i listen to <laughs> so it's basically like just another curated playlist and he listens he, to a hell of a lot of hip-hop yeah uh and and lo-fi and then and then he also like talks only intermittent in intermittently during mm-hmm. the stream and that that's like the main benefit for me is he'll just like chime in and yeah whereas merlini is just fucking edm all the time yeah it's like fucking trans from around the world yeah. <laughs> i don't hate it i also like merlini it has moments but sometimes like this is like this is a parody of itself sometimes the edm is a parody of itself i think it's partially for me too because i'm easily affected by things and music makes me feel a lot of things and a lot of times when i'm working i don't want to feel anything i just want to <laughs> feel feelings yeah that's not what this is about suppress feeling do work well it's just because like music is I very distracting feeling. to me that way it can be to me too um yeah i totally get it especially if i'm like filling out a super detailed proposal and i'm diving into you know like 12 page long spreadsheets and stuff like that which is a lot of my job these days yeah. anybody that's ever interested in game design it's a lot of spreadsheets. Learn spreadsheets. Yep. And spreadsheets. Uh, the best thing I could ever tell anyone nowadays is learn to code, but also learn how to do formulas and stuff in Excel. Also a project management. It's I'm a stuff. spreadsheet master. It's all this, I have now had to learn how to do a lot of spreadsheets that draw <laughs> from other spreadsheets. And yep. you know, now I've, I had to get a lot better at that. Yeah, just look at good organization. Because anytime people will appreciate when you are organized <laughs> and, and that information is clear. Yep. Understand how to use Trello. Also understand that Trello is no longer robust enough for most organizations. Asana, honestly. Yeah. Most people use Asana or Jira or... I'm sorry if you have to use Jira. Asana is pretty okay. And game studios <laughs> usually use Jira. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, software development uses Jira. Yeah. yeah. They're right around the corner from my offices. Great tickets! Submit those tickets. Is it high priority, low priority? If it's low priority, fuck off. I don't think Trello is good enough for game development, in no. my opinion. For like an indie, it's a small indie studio, maybe. I still don't think it's good enough. My, But that's, I will say the studio I work for uses Trello. It used to be that like people would use Trello despite its inadequacies because it was so convenient to use it. Right. It also lined up with, um, uh, what's it called? There's a certain type of development. Um Agile, agile, uh, or any uh, those similar ones uh, where you do sprints. Like scr- yeah, sprints, uh, scrums. Yeah, yeah. Trello is just too easy to just keep making new boards and not have like and have too many things that are the same task from multiple boards that are yeah. are getting finished. Well, so that's also the problem that's with like why like Jira is like there's the there's this task. Yeah, if I can pass to this person, and this person it passes back and forth, but it is always and Asana does the same thing. Okay, and, but you can have it look like a Trello board, except it's like a card is like a thing that exists in multiple places. But that's say the thing is like when people adopt these tools, is they don't adopt actual owners of them; they just adopt them, and they're like, "We're going to put all our tasks in here." And it's like, great. The whole point of the the reason developed on Scrum is you have like a Scrum master, like the person who who is like in charge of the process. Yeah, I, yeah. Did, I didn't realize until after I didn't work at Gazillion anymore that there was like some things that they did. Uh, we had this one producer, John, and he was very good at like he had all the stuff in Jira, and then he had his fucking special spreadsheets that would tell him like there's this many Jira things still open, and this is the man hours that we have, and this is the man hours yeah. left, and you can, you can export like JSONs or like yeah, and then it will like 
you can calculate those out. Being informed is very nice. I'm not saying that people should use it to be like, this is how we determine how you have to work overtime and stuff. But I'll say when you're a less organized studio, what ends up happening is you get surprised that things didn't get done. Whereas when you're a very organized studio and you have all that information in front of you, you can be like, oh, we're two months behind. Okay. We're two months behind <laughs> and now we know that. It didn't, mm-hmm. so no one got fucking surprised. Yeah. I just solve all those problems by doing everything myself. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds healthy. <laughs> I do that as well. <laughs> yep. Video producers. What up? Yeah. High five. Air five. Uh, is the food almost here? Yeah. Like 10 minutes. It's not well enough. 10 minutes. Sometimes I think about kickstarting uh, or crowdfunding a documentary. I have this dream where I hire Area 5 to film it. To film Exo Squad, yeah, yeah, you told me about that one, yeah. They're <laughs> an Exo Squad documentary, an Exo Squad oh. documentary. Because I was doing yep. some googling, the only thing I could find was like Six a nine-minute video on YouTube that's a documentary, and all it was was a uh, basically a guy that did a fancy rereading of the YouTube page or the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Exo Squad is just such a weird, you have weird show. We talked about this. I've been yeah, watching. We it. talked about Exo Squad recently. I know yeah. it's just because it, it's. Literally, I've been talking with my wife about it. I've been like, I feel like I, I should. I feel like I want to make this. Thing. You found your passion finally. <laughs> I've been watching it because it's super. It was super cheap to just get season one on Amazon, and so like I'm about halfway through season one. Yeah, my and passion, I agree. My it passion is a very outside weird thing. of my wife and my friends, sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe that that's true. I think the Exo Squad is actually your primary passion. I think the Exo Squad. The only reason it's so important to me is because I was like 12. I was literally brain changing going through this and it just sat with me in a way that like other cartoons didn't so it was it was i think it was that that, it would change with me because it was the first serious thing that i consumed in a way that i didn't mm-hmm. that i didn't understand what i was actually cons- that i cared about in a way i didn't care about other cartoons the way i care about that one or that, shows yeah, yeah that happened with me uh and after school cartoon the the uh batman Totally. Batman was another great We have one. also talked about this recently. But Batman's yeah. obviously been... Batman has a lot of... Batman was very successful. Exo Squad was not. That's right. The, <laughs> but. but still, it was like the first time that I felt like something that I enjoyed was being taken a little bit more seriously. Yeah. What a weird show it was. I just was watching it yeah. again last night. <laughs> How many times have you watched Exo Squad now? <laughs> a rough guesstimate uh-huh. all the way through. Uh-huh. Less than a hundred, <laughs> more than fifty. <laughs> How many like episodes you are there? To say less than a hundred, you just say around a hundred. <laughs> There's it's only a total though of fifty-two episodes. So, so the second season is that the one you're like telling me minutes. isn't available anywhere? Yeah, no, not yeah. legally. Not legally. Yeah, that's a bummer. Do you, yeah, I don't know. I also like for TV shows they have to have my full attention. Like even re- rewatches. That's a. Oh yeah, and I'll say half the rewatch. I like shows to let me ignore them. Yeah, Exo Squad was just yeah. Whenever we walk into Arthur's apartment, he's usually on the computer with something else on the TV that's muted, mm-hmm. or not even muted. Sometimes yeah. he's just Arthur's just always had Arthur's always been that way. Yeah. That's him having his friends over. That's how I discovered a lot of TV shows working. that I didn't know I was going to like. Was walking into Arthur's room, being like, "What's this?" Sit down. <laughs> Lean Wa- back. Watch six hours. Then, yeah, what, yeah watch six hours of West Wing or Dude, Supernatural. It, I can't believe. I know we just talked about this, but I cannot believe that shit is still going. Yeah. We're not gonna. We're not gonna retread that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, did we live it's together so last year? When yeah, we, but on, on the Jesus. flip side of that, I just heard that uh, they just announced the fucking Brooklyn Nine Nine is being canceled. 
That bums me the fuck out. That show is so good. Two things. One, I didn't know the Brooklyn Nine-Nine wasn't already gone. Two, <laughs> I had no idea that there was a Lethal Weapon TV show the other day until someone told oh, me it was in trouble. It's pretty bad. Bad. But I, I, Eleanor watches it. <laughs> but I didn't know that there was two seasons. I was like, yeah. well, there's a Lethal Weapon TV yeah, show. Yeah. It, it premiered when I was at IGN, and, I, and the first episode came out, and we were like, Whoa. Who's, who wants this? No one wants <laughs> asked for this. Yeah. The, the later Sleepy the hollow was kind of like high concept. Lethal Weapon yeah. was just like, let's do a shittier version of Lethal Weapon. How's the, la- that? the later episodes get better, but because um, I've watched enough over Eleanor's shoulder. But the uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is a fucking fantastic yeah. show. It's it's right up there for me with like Parks and Rec. Yeah, my partner and I have been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine lately because we ran out of episodes of The Good Place and great british baking show it's so right. just like finding things to to help us forget about the poop world <laughs> so it's like oh well you know we've got great british baking show and we've yeah. got queer eye and like then it was the good place the uh the brooklyn brooklyn 99 i saw a really great description on today when there was all the twitter outrage about that show being canceled and like one of the one of the things is that people were suggesting is like other good shows that you could watch if you like quote unquote friend porn, <laughs> which is not a term I'd heard before, but it totally applies to like Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah. where people are actually friends even oh. if they have conflicting personalities. Yeah, uh, they all- just like watching people be friends. <laughs> yeah, they also canceled the last man on earth which i heard was yeah. also very good i have not seen more than season I mean, one of the, that the, i mean it sucks and we enjoy brooklyn 99 but also that show has had kind of shitty ratings for the last three years yeah but so, so did arrested development it doesn't make it a shitty show no but arrested development only got four seasons right uh, three, three seasons see, it only got three yeah, the fourth so, was on netflix yeah and they're making another one yeah uh, well, and that was the other thing that I saw is everybody was like, hey, Netflix, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is available. So, yeah. so it's, I mean, it sucks that it's being canceled, but it's yeah. not super surprising. And it's not like Fox didn't give it a chance. No, I mean, like it had an opportunity. It just never, it's just, and you know, like I don't watch terrestrial television where all the ratings are still for some dumb fucking reason. Because um, so that's where d- the biggest ad spend is. Still. Yeah, which still doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. But the, um, but yeah, the... Uh, when it comes to, you know, shows that I like, I basically, any show that I like is basically just a countdown until it gets canceled. Well, like, sh- almost universally, things, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that high concept and bring it down a little bit. Matt. <laughs> the ex- the exception to that was like uh, West Wing and Breaking Bad. Those shows, those shows had their arcs. Yeah. That they the, that they were designed to phase out instead of just like being canceled. Well, that was enjoyable about here's them. Here's to you, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yep. 